Today's sponsor is Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove for a free audiobook download. Now we can all live or none of us can. You're one of us if you walk through those gates. We can let go of all of it. Nobody dies. We've all done the worst sort of things just to stay alive. We can still come back. We're not too far gone. We get to come back. Liar. What? Come, come again? All this. Oh, we've all done the worst sorts of things just to stay alive. You're saying you're as bad a man as I am, Rick. Because I'm going to have to call some bullshit on that. Hey, I've I done plenty wrong. <laughs> like what? When my wife died, I lost my mind. I almost punched Glenn. Almost. Right in his face. When my daughter died, I tortured Glenn and I sexually assaulted his girlfriend. Well, I talked on imaginary telephone. That's how crazy I am. Oh, give me a break. I shot a whole town's worth of people just because they were too weak. And I did it because I was trying to kill you. I stabbed my best friend with a knife to death. For trying to kill me. I fed my best friend to a pit full of walkers for offering to share his power. I I banished Carol. What? That's some bullshit. Uh. Oh, God, Daryl, he almost punched me. Christ, that's all you people do. Martinez, this is getting boring. Fire up that tank. Uh, I'm, I'm actually Mitch. Uh, w- whatever. Let's roll. Kill them all. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're covering Season 4, Episode 8, entitled Too Far Gone. It's also known as the mid-season finale for Season 4. Uh, before we get into the recap, Aaron has some things to talk about. Aaron, Just want to remind everybody that our month of December is our charity drive for Child's Play Charity. Um, it's a organization that... Benefits children's hospitals and women's shelters by uh, donating them toys and games to help the kids uh, take their minds off their problems. It's something that I uh, believe in wholeheartedly and supported for uh, 10 years now. Uh, you can check out our kickoff post on baldmove.com to get more details on it, but it's real simple. Uh, traditionally, we talk about our Amazon affiliate link, amazon.baldmove.com, and how it benefits us. Well, in December, it benefits the kids. Every cent that we get through our affiliate link, we are going to send to Child's Play at the end of this month. Um, we are projected to take in about $1,500. Uh, I got an informal goal of about $3,000. we have had some people ask how they could directly donate uh, to go towards this charity. I'm working on that, and I should have it uh, ready to go uh, with a couple popular ways to donate, um, secure ways to donate by the end of this week. And I'm going to have a fancy little progress tracker going towards our goal and all that stuff so uh look for that on bald uh baldmove.com um but yeah that's that's the kicker just want to remind everybody of what we're doing it's the season of giving uh for the judeo-christian parts of the world and uh uh for i or is it huh 
I mean, it's not a Judeo-Christian thing. It's it's a it's a given back thing. I mean, we are neither Judeo nor Christian, <laughs> and we're doing this. Well, so. it's also a season of taking from Jeff Bezos, right? That's right. Yeah, we're uh, build we're building drones that will go and lift directly out of his wallet. But until then, <laughs> use our Amazon.baldmove.com link. Awesome, good news tie in there. All right, let's get into the recap for. Uh, what we consider to be a pretty good episode of The Walking Dead. Yeah, and and one other final note, we are doing a wrap-up cast next week where we're going to talk about our overall opinion this season, what we're looking forward to next season, some uh, insider information we got with our spoiler reporters, and some stuff we picked up at the Walker Stalker Con. So definitely join us back this time next week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So we start off this week with the governor talking to his newfound group of people, trying to convince them to go take the prison. Um, and also this overlay of him capturing Michonne and Herschel. Uh, there was, they kind of separated this scene weirdly, in my opinion, um, with the, the intro and a commercial break. Uh, yeah. I, I felt like they might have gone into the editing room and said, okay, there's not a lot of action at the front of this episode, and this is a really long, talky scene, so let's break it up with the intro. Uh, is that what that felt like to you, or what do you think? Why do you think they did that? I don't know. That's I never even thought of it. Um, I will say that I thought the first half of the governor's speech was okay, um, but I remember thinking, "Boy, I don't know. If they've done enough to really show to to make me feel like that they would have these people on board and whipped up into a bloodlust." And then they totally, you know, took care of that with uh, coming in for part two. Um, so I don't. Ha- I have a non-answer for your question. <laughs> okay, uh, but I do have a question in return. Uh, do you have a problem with the governor getting the drop on Michonne and Herschel out there? I'm going to answer your question with another. Qu- no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have a problem with it because I mean he clearly snuck up behind them. I don't think. Like I guess the only problem you could have here is that Michonne might have heard him coming up if she was such a good survivalist. Uh, but I, I don't feel like she's a Daryl who will like hear things in the woods and track things down and stuff like that. She's just a badass, right? Well, I think, yeah, she's definitely a badass. I think some people had a problem with that because of that reason. But my retort is that I don't know that I believe it, but the show is, is, um, presenting the governor as if he is a badass in his own right. Okay. I mean, he, he makes one-handed ridiculous pistol shots to take people's heads off from his bad eye right yeah at at, at pretty impressive distances and he you know beats the shit out of rick in this episode i think they also kind of show that this you know michonne finally let her guard down and she's smiling she's relaxed with herschel it's loud it's it's loud as hell outside in the summer when the bugs are going Mm -hmm. um i i don't have a problem with a one person sneaking up uh on those people in that circumstance i mean they're 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 on the they're on they're on the listen for like zombies crashing around and stuff like that they're not actually expecting you know some black leather clad one-eyed ninja southern fried ninja to jump them sure yeah Uh, and and it's been such a long time since they've seen the governor at this point she wouldn't suspect that she's been out looking for him the entire time and he's been there all along it's Um, it's going to be interesting you know, it's going to be interesting to see what that does to her character, right? Because she did finally relax. She gave up the hunt for the governor. And literally the second she decided to let up that guard, it came and bit her in the ass. 
Yeah. So just like I wonder what the events of this episode are going to do to Rick going forward, I wonder if we're going to see a little bit of a regression on Michonne. Uh, we definitely could, yeah. Uh, the, other, the other thing I want to talk about a little bit with his speech here um, is how he calls them thieves and murderers, and he says all these things that they did. They burned, burned his camp. They killed his daughter. Uh, they mutilated him. They actually did all of these things, right? I mean, none of that is a lie. Just his motivations for it's, doing what he's doing are a lie. It's lying by omission at the very least. It, it, sure. Why did they do these things, right? Yeah. And and they didn't really kill his daughter, you know. So And they, they didn't burn his town. He did that himself. Yeah, and That's true. I, although I, I feel like parts of Woodbury were on fire after the wrestling match. Between hey, Merle maybe. and Daryl, I don't really remember very well. Grenades were tossed. Mistakes were made on both <laughs> sides. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that uh, there wasn't any harm inflicted by Woodbury, but clearly the governor did more than Rick could have could have could have dreamed. And in fact, Rick swooped in and and rescued the people when he didn't have to. So, absolutely. Uh, uh, so there's the other part of this where Lily comes up and she says, uh, basically, I don't know who you are, right? Like I heard all this conversation. Uh, we don't need to do these things, but the governor insists. Um, why don't you think Lily was included in this conversation to begin with? She seems to be the uh, only one who wasn't. I feel like that the governor is all about protecting his people, and his people are defined as his his family, like his immediate blood. Like he didn't he played the nice guy governor, and you know kept everybody entertained with bread and circuses. At Woodbury, but he really only gave a shit about his daughter. And when his daughter died, he kind of let everything slip until he decided he really wanted revenge. So he whipped everybody up into a frenzy to go after Rick. And then after that worked out, he shot them all. So I don't think he gives a shit about anybody but his family. And he's included Lily and Megan and his family. But interestingly enough, not Tara. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're You're right about that. I mean, he says as much when he says the only judgment I care about on me is that you two are still alive. Um, and the idea that, uh, that those are his family and those are, those are his people, you know, kind of brings mm -hmm. us into the next scene where he's talking to Michonne and Herschel. Um, and Herschel's kind of asking him like, my daughters are in this prison. If you go take this prison, you're obviously willing to kill people, even if you don't mm -hmm. want to, uh, what makes that different from someone killing your daughter? And he says, well, those are my own, right? Yeah. And like he says, the only judgment on me is whether you two are still breathing. He didn't say mm -hmm. anything about. He didn't even talk about her, her, uh, her girl, her sister's girlfriend, much less her sister. Um, what did you make about him telling dropping the L bomb on Lily? Uh, did did he tell her he loved her? Yeah, he did. That's when she said, "I don't uh. even know who you are." I was like, I felt overplaying his hand a little bit too much and from that point forward I, I and and i always thought that um you know his loyalty is much more to the little girl than it is to lily yeah it felt like that to me too and i felt like she in that scene re felt the manipulation for the first time like i'm sure he had feelings for her and he like enjoyed you know giving her the uh the one-eyed, introducing her to his other one-eyed friend. Oh God! Um, but I don't, I don't think it went much deeper than that. Yeah, no, it, yeah, I get the feeling you're right. Um, despite what he says, right? And 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 I mean, 
despite what he says there, we know that those are not actually his the judgments that he cares about because of what he does later in the episode. But well, well we we'll also saw him lay it. We also saw him lay it on thick with Andrea too. True. Um, as a as a way to manipulate and control her. So it, it's fascinating. I wish I knew more about what he was like before the fall. You know, was he like a some kind of high pressure sales guy, or was he a, a minor government functionary? But he does he does play the politics game better than anybody. Sure. Um, and after that second speech, if you were just to take this guy at face value and not think about all the other weird things that happened the last two weeks, it'd be like, okay, well, right on, right on. We're going to take we're going to take a secure facility for us, our people, away from a bunch of bad people. It's yeah. no different than the justification that, you know, nation states use to get in the wars, right? Sure. Those those people over there are bad. They're not as good as us and they have something that we they want we want or they're trying to take away something that we value. So if it works if it works on a large scale, why wouldn't it work on a micro scale? Maybe the governor actually was a politician before he got into all this. Could be. Who knows? Uh anyway, so like- maybe he was the governor of Georgia. I mean, you don't know who the, you don't know who the governor of Georgia is. <laughs> <laughs> While that is true, I highly doubt he was, because um, so, these people would probably know him if he was the governor of Georgia, right? Who's the governor of Indiana? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Fuck. All right. Um, so there, there's also a moment here where he kind of apologizes to Michonne a little bit um, uh-huh. for getting so angry about her killing Penny. Uh, like, like he says, I, I realize now that she was dead and maybe I, you know, shouldn't have tried to murder you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I mean, he doesn't say as much as that, but, but it's kind of in its way an apology. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe trying to, and I just love Michonne's reaction. She's like, I'm going to kill you. And, and Mm -hmm. then she tries to describe it and Herschel stops her, which was freaking hilarious. Yeah. She was trying to pull an Arnold Schwarzenegger from True Lies. First, Absolutely. I'm going to take the scalpel off the table. <laughs> I'm going to use you for a body shield. Yeah, I, I thought that was good, and, and Herschel just cutting her off. And the fact that she listened to Herschel. And it was interesting if you watched uh, her performance, Denai Guerrera, Guerrera's performance. Um, I'm struggling with the Spanish names, Hispanic names uh, this season. Uh, the way she bulged her eyes out at some of the things that the governor said or Herschel said, I thought were pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Or not funny, just effective, like, you know. But she wouldn't, she didn't, she didn't say another word, you know, because she respects Herschel. Sure, definitely. Um, so then the governor goes out of the trailer and goes to see uh, Megan before he takes off for the battle. Uh, just a short scene here where he picks her up and hugs her. Um, I don't know, just a nice scene for the governor. Are we supposed to start feeling bad for him again here? I don't know. I just think... It's it's just funny when, you know, he's like, think about Megan, and then he literally does an aside, and we see, like, what a huge distance Megan is playing with these mud pies away from her family and anyone that could protect them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know, and, obviously comes into play later. <laughs> and the fact that it's like, well, the river will protect you. And I'm like, okay, that's one side. Mm-hmm. That's that's one unless it's some kind of oxbow arrangement, but there's at least one side that's going to be unguarded. Um, I don't know. This is the worst. This is the worst part of the episode for me. Um, the whole their need to do something with with 
Lily and Megan and the way they went about it. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more when you get to it, but I just really didn't like the way they structured this. It just felt unnatural. It's like, again, one of these days, Walking Dead's going to have an episode that doesn't hinge on someone making a stupid mistake that a reasonable person wouldn't make. Yeah. You know, it's like I, I said at Facebook, I keep a better eye on my kid when he's in an indoor mall playground. Uh-huh. And I get it. There's rapists and pedophiles and all that stuff, but they're a tiny part of the population. Ninety nine, if 99% of the population were pedophiles, like the zombies are in this, well, I mean, zombies are pedophiles, but you know, I think, I think you get I, what I get I'm trying what to say you're here. Saying. Yeah, I get where you're going from. Um, if 99% of the population pedophiles, I probably wouldn't take him to the mall. I would, I'd keep him on like some kind of leash. Um, and, and have cameras on the back of my head, keeping an eye on him at all times. I wouldn't let him just play 150 yards in the distance with my back turned to him in an, a location where it's going to take, I have to jump, I have to climb a ladder to get down and sprint. I don't know. It, that stuff just drives me crazy, man. Uh, next time you do that, you should strap a GoPro to your kid and just get like, <laughs> footage of him, like going down slides and cross monkey bars and stuff. That'd be kind of cool. Right. Uh, anyway, so fending off the ninety nine percent of the child predators <laughs> that he'll face in the mall. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So Maggie and Glenn then get a moment in their cell. Glenn is kind of recovering from his sickness. Because uh, I don't know if you noticed, but he was really sick, guys. He was. He's yeah. Still pretty, pretty, looking pretty bad, looking pretty and, green. And they talk about their anniversary coming up, um, which. Uh, I watched Talking Dead. Chris Hardwick seems to think it's the anniversary of the pharmacy incident. I think that's a pretty good guess. Pretty mm. good guess. Uh, but I, I don't exactly know the timeline from then until now. So, right. I mean, they've been. It's been roughly a year since all that's gone down. So, and I think they kind of. I think the, it was a wink from the writers because they both kind of made a funny deal, like, well, which which one are we talking about, or, mm-hmm. you know when is that exactly and neither of them i don't think really knew so and i also think giving them that moment in this episode not only served as like a a nice moment for them right before they get separated but it also as an audience made me nervous for them made me wonder okay they're having this nice little moment what the fuck is gonna go wrong i was about to say it felt a little bit like the uh cop retiring about or bragging about retiring at the end of this week, it's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, cause I, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit on instant cast, but outside of like Rick and Carl, all bets were off for me. I didn't know who was going to live and who was going to die. Um, and I, but I knew obviously somebody, at least one person would die. Mm. Um, I think after last week we had pretty much, we were pretty sure it was going to be Herschel. That's the way it played out. But I was, I was terrified for almost everybody, but Rick throughout the episode. Yeah, definitely. So Rick then tells Daryl uh, what happened with Carol, and he's he's almost angry enough to punch Rick. Not quite, though. Three uh, times! <laughs> three times he comes up and almost punches Rick. Yep, and then uh, Daryl decides, okay, we need to go tell Tyrese right let's, now. Let's, let's, let's stop and talk about this. Yep. We got 60 seconds of him punch. It, it's essentially the same performance that he did three times in a row. Each each iteration taking about fifteen seconds. Rick would say something. He would walk up, get in his face, and do the you know like body check thing on him. Yep. I feel like the last two weeks have essentially robbed us of an evolution of him and Rick's relationship. 
because this is the same this is the same Daryl that dragged the kid in to get hung, and then Rick said, "Nope, changed my mind." And Daryl kind of looks at him like, "You crazy?" But all right, you're the boss. I mean, does why does is does Daryl defer so much to Rick? Uh, I really don't know. I mean, it seems like Daryl was not really very comfortable being the top dog uh, throughout the series, I think. Um, he's always kind of had that Merle character who's been, you know, really calling the shots and he's just been helping. Um, so that's probably part of it. But I think the reason he doesn't get super angry at Rick here uh, or angry enough to punch him is because he's also angry at Carol for actually having killed those people. Right? I mean, that kind of tempers his reaction to Rick a little bit. I guess. He's um, like, that's true. He's like, that's I really true. freaking hate you for doing this, but I kind of sort of understand why you did it also. I get that. I wish we had more time to process it. I wish there was, you know, they, they I feel like that scene needed at least five minutes. And honestly, I wish that D- Daryl had punched Rick. Sure. I, I would have been okay with that. And, you know, punched him and then helped him, but, you know, like, that's for Carol, but, you know, you did what you did, and, you know, I, I don't know, I just didn't expect Daryl to take it so meekly. It did feel very Daryl-esque to be like, what are we going to tell Tyrese? Let's go find out. Yeah. Um, that felt true to his character, but the whole confrontation with Rick just it kind of left me wanting, especially since we'd been looking forward to seeing how that would go. Yeah, and, I, I mean, do you think that the Governor episodes really hurt that moment? Like, the break that we had between... Certainly. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. That's... I mean, they, we lost a whole head of steam on that, honestly. Definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to go back and uh, harping on that mode because it's the past. What are you going to do? Sure, sure. Um, so what about... What does this do for the future of of Rick and Daryl? Should they ever meet up again? I mean, if... Because we know now that they're separated. And, and if they're going to just be separated at the end of this episode, do we really need to draw that out? Like... Can we address that later if they were to ever meet up again? I don't. I don't. I don't know. It might be. It might be something that Daryl throws in his face later on. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Um. Or it might speak to a rift that goes on later. But I mean, as far as speaking, I'm going to try not to speak to what's going to happen next because I feel like that's something I want to say for the the wrap up cast. Okay. Sure. Uh, let's move on then. Um. Actually, no, there's one other thing I want to talk about a little bit. Um, when Rick tells Daryl uh, that she wasn't sorry, and Daryl responds in a kind of weird way. He says, uh, that's her, but that's not her. That's what he says, right? Or am I crazy? I did not write that down, honestly. Okay. Uh, he, he said, he, I mean, he tells her, like, she, she killed these people. She said she did. She wasn't sorry. And then Daryl says, that's her, but that's not her. Uh I'm just wondering if he doesn't understand who Carol has become or if we don't know the character of Carol as well as they're making Daryl out to. Well, yeah, maybe maybe he's saying that, like, if you knew Carol the way I knew Carol, you'd know that she's stubborn and tough. Yeah. But she did regret her. She she probably was remorseful. You just didn't know her well enough for her to be able to express that or for you to understand. Like, when the fuck has Daryl ever apologized for shit? And I feel like, you know, they're both When, when from... has Daryl ever done anything he needed to apologize for? Come on. Oh, dude, watch season one, man. He's pretty offensive and, and uncouth. He's been civilized quite a bit into the 
the the magical badass woods elf he is now. Um, I just think that they both come from abusive, low trust backgrounds. Um, and you know, it, it's a lot harder for people to admit that they're wrong when there was consequences for, you know, being wrong and being bad, even for even minor things. So maybe he was saying that, but yeah, that sounds like her, but it's not her. Yeah, I can see that. Definitely. Uh, and the idea that Daryl knows her better than we do makes a lot of sense. I think I like how he called Rick on because Rick was saying that like, you know, I gave her, she's going to, she's a survivor. But it sounded like he, you know, was trying to talk himself into it, and Derek came back with that. Stop saying that like you like you don't mean it. Yeah, yeah. Good like stuff. she is a survivor, you know that that. So it's like they did as as well as they could with the time they did. I just wish they had more time. I wish that that had been able to breathe. Absolutely. You know who's not a survivor though? Hmm. Bob. Poor Bob. Uh, Sasha Wait, have comes you in. Skipped, have you skipped Tyrese? Skip Tyrese. No, yeah, we, they, they don't. They oh, don't yeah, talk you're to right. You're right. There is a break. You're right. There is a break. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, so sorry. Sasha comes you're in sh- to thank Bob for saving your life, and he's kind of like, I don't really deserve it. I didn't do anything to help. But she's like, yes, you did. Just take this thank you and and eat it. Like, mm-hmm. like you need to be thanked, uh, even though you kind of feel like shit right now. Yeah, that's something I think that everyone needs to learn how to do uh, is to accept the compliment gracefully. Even mm-hmm. if you don't necessarily believe in it, because it is so fucking annoying and off-putting for someone to refuse an act of grace, you know? Okay. It's like, okay, what the, it, 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 it just makes the situation ten times worse. Um, what do you think he had in a box? The rat. Really? You hadn't even considered that, had you? No, I know that's that's one of the that's one of the uh, quasi popular internet conspiracy theories. Okay, um, you really think it's a rat? So you think Bob Bob Angelo's done all the dissection and the uh, rat offerings through the walkers? I the thing is, I just said that I have no idea why he would. Right? It doesn't. There have been no clues as to him being the rat king. Uh, where I there have been his... a lot of clues as it as to it being Lizzie. Right. Which, it's just like this show to lay a bunch of tracks that go nowhere and zig some other way. Sure. Um, I don't know what he yeah. has in the box. Um, I, I figured it was his booze stash. <laughs> you think he's got a whole bunch of airplane bottles in there? No, I feel like he's got that one big bottle laying in there, maybe. Or maybe he does have a bunch of airplane bottles, but I figure that's the that's the thing. He's He's got, or... That's it. That's Ma- good. I like that. It could be some personal mementos, like family photos or something that we're going to find out next. But I feel like we'll find out next season. My A number one theory is it's an alcohol stash, and he's like staring down the demon in the bottle. And my A number two theory is that it's some kind of mementos from his past that will be meaningful next season. Okay. No B theories, just... A1 and A2. I guess B, or maybe uh, Z3, is the, there's a rat collection in there. <laughs> okay. Although I, I will say there's that. no air holes poked in there, so that's uh, not effective rat storage if it's I, not. Well, he doesn't need the rats alive, right? He just needs the carcasses. Uh, uh, or at least for his zombies. Little, for his craft project, he just needed a carcass. Right. Maybe he's just trying to keep his hand in. He's, you know, he's, his, his medic skills are rusty, so he's just trying to refresh the internal anatomy of uh, vertebrate mammals. There you go. Uh, so then Rick and Daryl go to tell Tyrese about Carol, 
And instead of that, he shows them the dissected rat that Bob put there. Uh, pretty obviously. What, what did you think about this? I mean, we had been waiting and waiting for episodes now to see them confront Tyrese, and we still didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. What did I think of that? I'm a little worried that that dissection looked too professionally done. That I don't know that I believe that either of the girls has that kind of sophistication to where, you know, that's like something straight out of a high school biology class, right? Something Bob certainly could have done, right? Something a guy like Bob could have done or some other adult. Um, Daryl could have done it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's even – I mean – he could clean he could clean and stew at sure could he actually present it and pin it up and do all that stuff i don't know um it definitely definitely was some twisted shit though for sure um that was not my question though my question oh. was what do you think about the fact that we dodged the tyrese thing here as well um eh, i Man. don't know uh, did you have to wait so long for I, it that you're not even interested anymore well, I have a theory about where they're going with this, and I feel like I, I kind of want to save it for next week. My okay, I'll let All you right. know. Whatever. My my theory is so Tyrese and the girls are the ones that pair off in this the end of this episode, right? Uh, yes. And Tyrese doesn't know about Carol. No, he does not. But. Presumably, Carol is somewhere in the vicinity or in the area. She didn't just drive across the country after being banished, right? Why would she? Is it possible that Tyrese and Carol will meet up uh, in, I, in the early I, goings of next season? I, it's certainly not impossible. Why else would they have saved that confrontation? Because not having him know that would add an extra level of tension that we, the viewers, would be privy to that he would not. There's that aspect. And why and else would he, the, they pair them up with her girls? Exactly. I was going to say, they, they had the question this week, what are we going to do with these girls, right? Well, right. there you go. If they go right back into Carol's hands, now Tyrese is there too. Man, that is a level of tension that we... Because uh, <laughs> then she has to also protect those girls, right? Right, right. So, um, anyway, I can talk a little bit more about this in the spoiler section, but a lot more about it next week, I think. Okay, so then there's a tank shell uh, that gets fired. I don't know if he actually shoots at the prison. I don't think so at that point. No, that's what blows up the, the guard tower. Oh, Remember? it blows up the guard tower. Yeah, when they go out, the, the that guard tower is, is a smoking yeah, ruin. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, he announces that he's there with tank fire, and he forces Rick to speak with him by revealing his prisoners. And then while they're talking... Um, the governor says, hey, we want the prison, and then Daryl is kind of, like, in the background throwing together a plan B and handing out a bunch of guns. Which, uh, Daryl's Daryl's sneaky face is that, that look as he's, like, slowly <laughs> backing away and handing people guns and stuff was really fucking hilarious. Um so do you so this gives us a good perspective on how close the governor's group really is. Because he was able to Go down, kidnap uh, Michonne and Herschel, go back to his camp, rally the troops, get them all mounted up, ready to go, and drive back to the camp just before – an hour before sundown, it looked like. Yeah, and I think 
even if this didn't tell us much, the the idea that Liz uh, Lily could walk there with a child. No, in her arms why says does a lot why more. does everyone say Lily walked there? She's walking from the direction of a car that was conspicuously further back from all the other vehicles with its door like its door open. There was a car there. She, oh, I, she clearly I didn't see a car. She clearly drove. I mean, I I feel like they clearly staged that to where she drove there, got out, and then was was proceeding on foot for the last twenty feet. Okay, but gotcha. no, yeah, I don't. If she if she walked there, then I'm calling some real bullshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's just That's... no way that a, a group that size could have survived that close to prison with Michonne out actively ranging trying to find them and 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 not. I just that just doesn't sit. That doesn't square right with me. Okay, so but you're right. They have to be kind of close, right? I mean, within uh, at least a couple hours car ride. Yeah, like I'm thinking 20 miles maybe away. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it seems like she had scoured the area. I mean, that, that tank drinks fuel. Sure. So it's going, you know, and, and what what is its top speed? I know the Abrams are, are quite fast. That's That was the previous generation of tank, which mm-hmm. I don't know if there's just you're supposed to assume that's a modern tank or what? And I, I don't know what kind of uh, mileage or, uh, they get, but it, I don't know. That that felt like a little bit of a problem to me. Uh, it's like another one of those things like, well, we hope nobody really starts doing the math on this. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that uh, mm-hmm. in this show. So Right. Trying real hard. My, my suspension is, is – uh, my disbelief is suspended still. All right. And it just gets – it gets a little harder to suspend your disbelief from here. So Yep. Uh, yeah, so he's passing out weapons, which uh, I thought it was cool that, you know, Daryl is smart enough, he understands what's going on here, and he knows that if the shit goes down, we need to have a plan B, and we need to have, like, a rendezvous point, and everyone needs to know what's going to happen, right? And I thought this is, um, I give him a lot of shit on this show, but Barry McCreary, I thought, does another good job with this syntho, pulse-pounding thriller music, which is almost like an, it's almost like the, the the governor's theme, you know? Yeah, a little uh, bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought that's uh, again, really good to, to make us, uh, the tension ratchet up. Yeah. And I, when we get to the part where the battle kind of starts, I want to talk about that some more because there's some really good stuff in there. Uh, so we're moving on to Megan getting bit while her mother is ignoring her. Uh, this, this part, you're right. This stuff with Lily and Megan feels the least, uh, coherent in the episode, right? I mean, it, it takes away from the action that we know is coming up, um, and it it just didn't feel very natural in this episode. Plus, I think a zombie popping out of the mud was such a cool visual effect. It was. It yeah. makes me mad that they wasted it on this scene. Hmm. Okay. Like, I, I don't have a problem with the zombie laying. I mean, as far as I can tell, there's no way to destroy a zombie. Like, they can be skeletonized as long as there's one goddamn brain cell in their skull that's not completely desiccated that they're going to keep on trucking on. So it coming out with like worms crawling out of its eye sockets and all that was a really cool. And then going and actually showing a child be bit on camera was another, you know, AMC inching closer to the shock and, and all line. I liked all that stuff. I just thought again, this is Lori Grimes level, you know, parenting. Yeah. It was fact- terrible. Yeah, and I just I didn't feel any desperation on the the mother's face. I didn't. It just I don't know. You're. Ah, uh, it's not I, even that the kid is playing so far away, right? It's that she's also on top of this RV, like 
she should know it's going to take me a good 20 seconds to get down off this thing if anything happens. Yeah, I mean, being on top of the RV is great, you know. Um, for a vantage point, you, but not for getting access to your child who's playing 100 yards away. When, you, when your only weapon is a, a, a gun that you probably don't even know how to shoot well. Uh-huh, yeah. Because you've lived in your sheltered apartment of dreams for this whole time. Um, I I don't know, man. I just, again, it gets wearisome to my soul to see them stage things purely out of convenience for the plot when it doesn't seem like it would take a lot more work to, to get the same for first of all i don't think this is necessary i you said you it you thought it was and i'm ready to do battle um okay why do you think megan getting bit was necessary for the governor's plot to be uh f- uh brought to full fruition or his his fall the downfall to be complete I think it's because it shows the consequences of his actions and his attitude toward uh, being in power. I mean, he's obviously power hungry. He wouldn't have killed Herschel if he wasn't uh, a little bit psycho, right? I mean, he could have gone in and lived with Rick, and he could have changed, but he didn't want to. I get that, but we've seen tons of him doing that kind of stuff. And we're seeing – if you take the little girl and Lily out of the equation, um, he was already – he had already lost his temper. He'd already massacred Herschel. He was already uh, ordering the all-out assault on the prison. He he, with the result of which is going to be his group being massacred, the prison being ruined for everybody, and Rick's group having to flee. And a good man by his own standards, admittedly, Herschel dying. We need to throw the the, the dumbass little girl and her idiot mother on top of that heap. Yeah, really. Yeah, I the think episode so, wouldn't work without that. Okay. It would work. I just don't think it would be as much of a kick in the governor's balls, right? Like, that's what you uh, want. You want this guy to be left with absolutely nothing because he's taken so much from everyone else. I think that's the perfect way to do it. Not only is he losing everything that he fought for here with the prison, he's also losing his daughter, and then he's going to lose his life. He lost everything before it was gone. I, I really thought it, it added to the episode. I don't. I don't think it—you might be right. It didn't make the episode. Like, that's not the piece that— clicked all the 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 rest of the puzzle together but i i think it was effective the way that they did it to me it brought hardly anything to table and and took a lot off we had to spend several minutes back and forth and the other thing is as soon as i saw this girl playing 150 yards away i knew she's going to get bit yeah me too you know the 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 mud monster zombie was a nice touch but again i'd like to save that for another season um and now it's you know they played it so Sure. Whatever. I did, I did like how they they had her dig up the sign first, right? Watch, when I, I watch was thinking out for flash like, floods. And I was thinking, it's like, is this going to be some kind of weird 24 thing where literally a wall of water is going to come and drown them? When And the governor said, this will keep you safe. And it's like, they're, <laughs> it's like man, uh, they're really going to work that angle hard. But I don't know, man. It, to me, is super weak and super annoying. And then her showing up in the midst of the battle to 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 wave this girl's bloody shirt as like ah see this is what's happened uh you know it was just a distraction figuratively and literally from what was really going on that i was was interested in seeing all right well we will have to agree to disagree uh because i don't agree uh let's move on the walkers also yeah she got bit on the damn shoulder how in the world did she die from that what do you mean how did she die from that she they has a horrible bit... gaping wound on her shoulder. On her shoulder. 
I don't think you die from a, a a bite wound on the shoulder. I really, I just don't think you would die but, in the amount of time that she had to get to the the prison. Haven't haven't we established that she, the the zombie bite is very infectious? It has all sorts of bacteria and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but we've it. never seen someone die that fast. Well, shit, it took Jim a day and a night. Yeah, I don't know. I'm maybe they meant to place that bite more in the neck region. Oh, maybe, but sure. they did they did a shitty job of staging it then. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so the walkers approach the prison while the governor and Rick are talking uh, a lot more. There's a lot of talking in this. Uh, Rick tells the governor that they can all live together, but the governor uh, is not buying it. And Carl actually has lined up a shot, and he wants to take it, and he thinks he can kill the governor and end it all right now. But luckily, Daryl is smarter than that. Because uh, I even knew that is a very bad idea, Carl. Well, not unless he hit it. No, even if, if he hits it, what do the other people do? They shoot Rick. Hmm. Well, they did that anyway, and he got away with a bullet through the thigh. <laughs> That's so the, true. They're the governor, terrible shots. I was going to say, the governor would be dead, and uh, you know, I don't know how much it would have changed things, but I don't know. 50 yards with a rifle is not a terribly hard shot either. Sure, um, yeah, and we know that Carl is kind of a badass with a gun, right? I mean, he's, yeah. he's certainly if, skilled. If not before, we definitely know it now. Yep. Uh, I do like the look that he gives when Daryl says you could start something else. Um, there's kind of this, right. like, no, okay, yeah, that's that's smart, Daryl. I didn't even think about that. Right. Uh, kind of a nice little moment there. I do I, I do love, I actually, I really enjoyed David Morrissey's, like, southern fried scotch accent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoy Andrew Lincoln's performance, not only in giving this kind of epic Rick speech, um, where he, you know, he, he, he leaves it all on the line, like we did in the skit, uh, to start the episode. Um, but I just thought, you know, this right here is what the walking dead's all about. High stakes, you know, Rick is literally choking over his words, offering this, but he's so desperate. Like you can hear him. It's like, you know, all of us have survived. Look, I don't know all your stories, but I know we've been through some shit because we've all lived in this world for over a year. Yeah. Like, why do we want to lose even one of us when we could find some way to live together? Like, you know, why do we want to take the easy way out and just shoot shoot each other than, you know, try to try to forge a peace here? And you could sense the desperation, which the governor mistook for weakness. Yeah, and there's, there's also this moment where Rick's attitude kind of switches, right? He goes from, like... Uh, I guess trying to convince them all that they can live together to kind of laying out the situation for them. Look, mm-hmm. you're going to fire. We're going to fire back. You're going to destroy the prison. Nobody's going to get anything here. And right. I kind of like that little bit of defiance that he added in there. Sure. Um, along with, like you said, that desperation, uh, certainly evident. And uh, yeah, very, very good acting from both sides here. I felt like the governor was just kept his head just enough for these people not to realize how crazy he was until. You know, he took Herschel's head. Right. Um, but there, there's another scene in there uh, where I guess we can talk about Lizzie. Uh, the kids are trying oh, to get to Lizzie. the bus. Yeah, and Lizzie finds them and tells them they need to be strong, and they grab guns. Did you yeah. see Judith in that baby carrier with the little kids running? She no. was getting – she might have died before the zombies got to her because those little kids were carrying that thing like – I don't know. They were trying to put the baby through some kind of shock torture test. Wow. They're like a, they're like a UPS man carrying a package. They just didn't give a fuck. 
It's like the beginning of Ace Ventura. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like, it's, she's, she's like, you know, we should have guns. We should be helping. Carol told us to be strong. Yeah, but she didn't tell you to abandon a baby, sweetie. Well, Maybe. They didn't really need to abandon the baby, right? They could have had guns, too. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, well, and shit, the baby can hold two guns, right? Uh, it's it's further help. I a just little, feel like you little could little baby ass kicker, of course. Yeah, it's, she live, let her live up to her name. You figure you could get the baby to the bus and, and go back and get guns and still contribute. Sure, yeah. Uh, but that is not what they do. No. And uh, so we go back to the fence. The conversation is continuing. Um, this was this. There was a lot of talk here, but it was all really good stuff, right? I mean, there were a couple mm-hmm. moments of like repetition that I didn't understand, like when the governor says, um, "What does he say? The longer you wait, the harder it'll be for you to get out of here." He says mm-hmm. that twice, which I felt. I don't know if they were trying to make a point or if that was just they're trying to remind us the stakes that like the zombies are going to be coming. It's a know. commercial break. I haven't forgot the stakes. I mean, <laughs> if it had been a season, maybe. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so he he uh, Rick decides that the governor can't make a move, like I said, because they'll destroy the prison. And so instead, he tries to convince the governor's people they can all live together, and the governor does not like that. So he chops off Herschel's head, and the battle mm-hmm. begins. Uh, yeah, like and, I, like and, I mentioned in the instant cast, there's a nice fine line that he's walking here, like playing both sides of this conversation just by mentioning certain things. Yeah, it was ballsy for him to mention Andrea. Oh. Yeah, yeah, considering he's the one who killed her. Uh, it's also kind of convenient that there was no Woodbury personnel to go down to the fence with Rick. There's actually no Woodbury people on the council, although who would, no one, you know, no one would recognize him. And if they're sitting there like, you're a liar and you're mur- a murderer, I mean, the governor's really good at playing politics because he kind of prepared everyone for them to be a bunch of lawless scum, right? That would and say liars, anything to yeah. save their necks. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was kind of an interesting point. And what do you make of? Because we've given Lily a lot of shit for being this fake hard fist bumping. No, Tara. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Tara, uh, wannabe cop, idiot. But she's the only one that saw through his crap in the end. Yeah, she's the voice of reason in this battle here so you think this fake tough girl thing was some a deliberate choice on the writers to um you know contrast her with the genuinely tough people that were all raw raw gung-ho with the governor i don't know that's that's interesting um i still don't th- i still think they've made some bad choices with particular mannerisms they afflicted afflicted her with with the course, you know fist yeah. bumping and all that but i wonder if they weren't deliberately trying to make a point about the nature of people and you kind of like it takes all types or or i mean even within just her character it seems like she's trying to portray something uh more t- tougher than she really is Mm -hmm. Uh, and when she gets put into this really actual tough situation. I mean, we we saw that with her uh, conversation with Alicia that first time about the weapons. Uh, But when she gets put into these really tough situations, she's she's not what she pretends to be. Uh, Right. So, yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't really given it much thought uh, because I really don't like her character very much. Me either. But maybe there is something deeper to that, you know. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I give the writers the benefit of the doubt. I think the execution was poor, but whatever. Also, got to call bullshit on this uh, governor cutting Herschel's head off. 
the first cut was not the deepest, Jim. It was not even close to the deepest, no. If they'd done even the modicum of research into Cheryl Crow's library, they would know that they completely staged that scene wrong. And yeah. of yeah. all the shit they've pulled over the years, this has got to be one of the one of the worst violations. Almost took me completely out of the moment. Sure, sure. There's disbelief almost lost suspension there, uh, but it, it was barely held up. Uh, the thing that held it up for me here was the music. I thought that the the strings that they had going as we were kind of building to this moment where Herschel's head comes off, uh, and and actually not even that. We were building to the moment where the governor was going to decide whether or not he was going to let this battle happen or join Rick. And despite the fact that we all kind of knew the governor was never going to side with him, uh, it was still pretty effective there because of the music, because of the way that they shot this sword kind of being drawn back away from Herschel. Um, and while Rick is giving this this fairly eloquent and passionate speech uh, about them all joining together, uh, it it really worked for me. And then there's this moment where the strings kind of give way to this unsheathing sword sound almost as he's drawing the sword back further and further and further. And you can see the glint of the sun off the blade. Yeah, and it just all came together so perfectly in that moment. And then, of course, he makes his decision. They give it another uh, sound effect there of the sword, and off comes Herschel's head. Just worked really well. I, I loved it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it was nice. And I also like how from, you know, you uh, when he says, we get to come back, we can all change. Herschel gives him the Obi-Wan Kenobi nod. Yep. Uh, and then they did this real trick where it's almost like the camera became inside the governor, and we're seeing the governor's POV with the sword and looking at Herschel, and then the sounds drop off, and you have the echoey liar. It was a very uh, very well-executed shot, sequence of shots. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of shots, uh, all the battle begins. Loose. Yeah, all hell breaks loose. Rick gets shot in the leg, and he mm-hmm. ducks behind a, a bus. Bashone escapes. Tara can't fight, uh, and then Lily shows up. I, I, I don't know Maggie how to talk are, about this battle, right? Like it's, the, I just think he's taken sequentially. So Michonne's a total survivor. We know that. We've seen that. Uh, Beth and Maggie are just completely losing their shit. Beth especially. She's not even aiming her gun. Uh, <laughs> this is the, I, I've heard this said a lot. Uh, this is the first episode that's really bugged me, but... More often than not, the gunplay in The Walking Dead's is done Birdemic style. There are no blanks. The weapons aren't cycling. They're not. They're not actually shooting anything. They're just pretending to shoot with a prop gun, and then they're adding flashes and smoke later with CG. And there's a couple instances where I noticed, especially there was one with uh, Sasha. She was actually squeezing the trigger for burst, and the the flashes of the barrel wasn't lining up, and. I, this is the first time, and I hope I can re-forget this because it's going to bug me from here on out. But I really noticed—I don't know—I don't know if that's an actor safety thing or if that's a budget thing. But my God, I really, really wish they used real—not live ammunition, but blanks more often because it adds a lot to the scene, in my opinion. Yeah, to be honest, I hadn't even noticed it. Um, well, there, you, there you go. So that could be why they do it. I don't know. I've heard people bitching about it for like ever since season two, but this is the first time I actually noticed it myself. So yeah, maybe, I noticed all maybe. the other gunplay things like unlimited ammo and 
shooting next to people's ears and but i wonder if that's safety. why they don't have like as i've talked to like you know are there any military advisors because people are just not even using the guns right they're not using the sights they're not holding it correctly um bob's <laughs> bob's uh gun positioning and where he was lining stuff up was really comically wrong and he's supposed to be a military guy um, I-, I thought tyrese's shooting was pretty good he was you know looking down the sights lining things up Right. I just, I, I just, I just, I feel like they, if they had somebody out there just saying, Hey, you know what? You need to, uh, put your cheek here and you need to get the gun squared up here and just look like you're knowing what you're doing. Um, that would, that would enhance the realism quite a bit for myself. But again, if you're not noticing it, then they're probably wise to save that money. Okay. Uh, so Lily shows up with Megan. I guess we don't really need to talk too much more about this unless you have mm-hmm. more to say about it. Um, and the, 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 the one thing about that is that um, she – the way they, they filmed that is it, it implied to me that Lily saw uh, the governor roll Herschel over and just saw his head off with that katana. Yeah, yeah. So like she – not only did she come to the full horror of them assaulting this prison, but also that he's doing something particularly brutal. Sure, and and it's hard to come up with a good excuse for that, right? Right. I had to saw this, but you know, it, I had to sh- saw this guy's head off. That was that was already his head's hacked, half hacked off. Yeah, no, and no you just re- don't understand. Full, he was fully restrained at the time too, so obviously not a threat. Sure, yeah. Uh, he's all right. L- he's too good on. of a man. I was trying to give him a clean death, Lily. <laughs> uh so the governor then drives his tank through the fence and uh they kind of fan out across the yard and the walkers are following close behind um this is where the action really starts beth starts uh getting people on the bus they run they run over there uh maggie goes off to get glenn uh rick attacks the governor in the yard i mean stop me when you want to talk about one of these things like there's plenty of stuff to talk about here, I guess. I like Alicia giving Tara the, her, the last of the Mohicans, I will find you speech. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that was pretty funny before Tara's all like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, well, t- Tara, like, she doesn't get out of there until Daryl blows up the tank, right? Mm, I, I mean, that's don't. when she goes, oh, shit, I need to run. Oh, that's true. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I got that in the notes there. Yeah, so she went all the way up to the prison with them after she said, if things go wrong, just just run, I'll find you. Uh, I feel like she might be one of the only people in that group who escaped, and we're probably going to see her later on. But I, Yeah, I wonder about her and her sister. Oh, yeah, I guess Lily would have been safe, too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I wonder if they're going to be characters moving forward. Could be. Could be. Uh, so, uh, like you said, in the instant cast, there was a, the nice moment with Maggie kind of throwing the, uh, we all have a job to do, and this is your job, Beth. Do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in her face. And Beth, you could tell, Beth, just like, oh, God damn it. She is going to be throwing that in my face for the rest of my <laughs> life. It's the yep. last time I open my big mouth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and then... It's all fun and games, and you're bouncing a, a baby around in quarantine. Uh, and Rick tax the governor in the yard and uh, I surely Rick had his gun on him, right? Or did he, did the governor tell him to put it down at some point? No, he shot. I, they showed him after he had gotten shot in the leg that he was reloading, but you know, he's got, he's just got a six shot revolver. 
So that's not exactly the gun you want to bring to that particular fight. I I, I wonder not, but, if he just he, wasn't out. But but he's so he's hidden behind this bus. I, I have a couple problems with the logistics of this. He's hidden behind this bus. The tank rolls in. Sixteen people follow it up there, and none of them think. We just saw this guy duck behind a bus. Maybe we should look to our right and check for a guy behind the bus. Maybe they assumed they, they, they got him worse than in the thigh. Uh, maybe, but you might at least want to check. Just I, look, I, glance that way. Anyway, so, he, yeah, he jumps out and he tackles the governor. I also don't think that a tackle maneuver is the way to go when the zombies are closing in from one side and there's a horde of this guy's dudes on the other side. No, but that's this is a uh, this is a hoary action cliche, you know. When you got a titanic battle between two people that hate each other, you got you got to settle it mano a mano. Sure. You got to you got to find an excuse for the guns to be out of the picture, just so you know you can Mission Impossible to it. You can wrath a con it. You know you got to have that long drawn out fist fight. All right, and it was it was fun to watch. Right, beat the hell out of Rick. They they both got some good punches in early, uh, but yeah, then Rick got the hell beat out of him. <laughs> Just beating him like he thought Candy was going to come out. It was crazy. Uh, so then Maggie gets Glenn on the bus, um, and then she goes to find Beth, who decided she's going to go after Judith. Uh, I guess did her job already, and then went after Judith. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn's like, wait, wait, where's that glass of water you promised me? <laughs> <laughs> I want my water, damn it. I'm thirsty. Uh, Daryl almost gets eaten, but then he uses a walker as a human shield. We yep. kind of touched on that in, in the instant cast. Uh, so go check his, that out. His meat shield. Yep. And uh, Tara walks away from the battle uh, right after he uses his meat shield, I guess. Uh, Bob gets shot, and the bus leaves with Glenn on it. Uh, so we now know that Glenn is separated off with the people on the bus mm-hmm. if, if we're trying to keep track of who's where at the end of this episode right uh that's that and then maggie and bob and sasha run away and they leave tyrese behind so maggie bob and sasha are all together right somewhere else uh tyrese gets cornered and almost gunned down i i really was worried about him here uh but lizzie saves him by coming up and blowing away two people including alicia who or alicia who's mm-hmm. tara's girlfriend uh, and then Ty, uh, Tyrese, you know, they save him and then they run off to go find Judith again and he jumps up and goes after them. So Tyrese and the girls are together as we talked about earlier. Uh, Rick gets a shit beat so out of him. Let's, let's talk about this here okay. because one of the conspiracy theories that I was initially scornful of is the fact that Judith is not dead. And I continue to be scornful of that idea until, uh, we, until I saw some evidence on Reddit today where actually someone took this stuff and shot it, it like broke it down like Zapruder film style. Okay. And the one thing that really convinced me is they staged a shot of Tyrese running from the location where Judith would have been right um, before the tank gets that one kind of like bridge structure and blows up right above him. He's running. He has his rifle stra- strapped on his back and he's cradling something in his arms. Hmm. Okay. And 
could be the fact that she wasn't on the Talking Dead's immorandum or immemorium uh, video that they do, yep. where they list every all the characters that die. Um, and, and there was also a moment where they asked Kirkman about that, and he was like, "I don't know. You'll have to wait and see." To me, that I'm not super impressed with that. If that's the way they're going, I acknowledge it's now at least a possibility, but it's you know. I don't, it's going to get old them. Someone's dead. No, they're not. You know, they did it with Carol. You know, it's like, I don't want to get it to where every time we don't see a body that we have to worry about if this person's going to come back or not. I just, that feels a little, too, a little too schlocky to me. And, you know, what does that do with uh, Rick and Carl? Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if Judith is still alive, um, I assume that they'll find her eventually. I don't know. Um, obviously, that, she's still alive. But are we going to have this baby with? I mean, are they going to uh, the baby with us for the next five, six years? And she's going to grow up to be a toddler, and then she's going to be a. Uh, I mean, how is that going to work? I don't know, man. Uh, I don't think they'll wait more than a season to reunite some of these people, right? That'd yeah, be crazy. I'm just yeah. So like I said, I, I acknowledge that there is a possibility. I just. Not super excited about that possibility. Okay. Um, and, and it also is weird if, like, nobody does not necessarily equal death because, like, the stuff with, happened with Lori, with the zombie who supposedly ate her whole uh, bones and all, like a KFC commercial. I, 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 like, I like our one listener that that actually was Lori's body. Uh, but we we have we talked about that at length during that episode, and we came to the conclusion that it was not. Why was that? I don't remember. I, that. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and we're listen. Way, yeah, we're way off topic. Anyway, but yeah, w- whatever. Let's continue with this battle. Uh, yep. So yeah, Rick gets the shippy out of him. Michonne, uh, as the governor is choking him, saves her with, or saves him with his her sword. Good lord! Uh, by running it through the governor's back. And then Michonne kind of gets up, helps Rick up, and Rick runs off in the other direction. Michonne kind of stays around, looks at the governor's body, or I guess looks at the governor. He's not dead at that point, uh, and just leaves him for dead there. Uh, and then you know, this is when why, Daryl... Why did, she, why did she leave Rick at this point? That's the one thing I don't understand is why Michonne got separated. Because it seems like she would, after she stared down the governor, would run off after Rick. But we uh, know that's not the case. Yeah, you would think so. I don't I don't know what Michonne does at this point. It's very bizarre uh whatever she does because if she doesn't go the direction that Rick went, there are a whole bunch of zombies. Uh if she goes the opposite direction of the zombies, there are a whole bunch of new Woodbury people, right? Mhm. So where where does she go? I don't know. We'll find out. Yep. Um so Daryl then does the most awesome thing in the entire episode and takes down a fucking tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then puts an arrow through Mitch. We did not talk about this, but Mitch is another problem that I had with this episode. The idea that really? Mitch would be supporting this guy, uh, this governor guy, is crazy to me. And we've talked about it at length, so I didn't want to dwell on it. But, right. man, that just made no sense. Um, so then Daryl and Beth run off together. Uh, I don't know what this has in store for your theory that Beth was hitting on Daryl at some point this season, <laughs> but uh, who knows? There may be more to that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm on board. I, I come on board the Daryl being asexual bandwagon. Um, so 
There might be some awkward campfire scenes in our in our future. <laughs> She's trying to sing season. to him. Yeah. Yeah. Daryl's not having any of it. <laughs> uh, so then Carl finds Rick and takes down a couple of walkers to kind of clear a path for him. And then they both find Judas Carrier, which is empty, and they run off. Uh, or hobble off. After completely losing their shit. Yes. Yeah, they break down in a, a scene that was very similar to the Laurie scene, I felt, with uh, Andrew Lincoln's performance here. Uh, except maybe a little bit better this time, I think. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> thought he was too over the top the, the time that time. Okay. Um, in fact, I kind of think that would be... This performance would have been more fitting for that occasion, and that performance would have been a little bit more fitting on this occasion. Sure. Yeah. Without him going off and killing a bunch of zombies with his bare hands. But if you're going to completely lose, totally lose your shit, it's after your wife's died and now your your toddler child has died. That 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 would have been a little bit better. But having said that, really enjoyed Andrew Lincoln. Really enjoyed Chandler Riggs' performance here. Yeah. Really when, excited when to he, see them for next year. Yeah. When uh, Chandler Riggs decides, you know, I can handle this. Uh, but then that zombie comes up on him and he starts blasting away and he just can't contain it anymore. That was pretty moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Lizzie strolls up to the governor in the middle of the field with all these zombies around, puts a bullet in his head, and the governor is dead. And then Rick and Carl limp off as the walkers kind of reclaim the prison, which I thought was a, a nice scene, right? They, like, they started out with the prison, and they got it again in the end. And the, the governor chess piece, get, chess piece gets trodden to the ground. Oh, of uh, course, yeah. Game over for the prison. Uh, the French zombie lady, did you notice that? She comes stumbling in as a callback to the beginning of the season and nicely end this too-far-gone plot line. Are you talking about the crazy lady in the woods who was... She, who totally, gave a to? she totally was a zombie in that last scene. This, the camera zoomed right in on her. Wow, it's okay. Confer- it, it confused it me. absolutely She's, her. She was, like, Scottish or something, right? Or Irish? Uh, I thought they said she was French. But whatever. Maybe she was Scotch. Scotch-French. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's cool. I didn't even notice that. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. the end of the recap, man. All right. Uh, don't look back, Jim. Just keep walking. Season three <laughs> is in our rearview mirror. Don't look back at the prison. I- I'm that's- excited. I-, I cannot wait to see what they do with this herd. That's um, that's how I feel about The Walking Dead. I don't want to look back. I want to look forward to the next season, full of promise. And I legitimately am excited for the possibilities they got on the table now. Um, sure. I think they could go interesting ways just with the storytelling in this show. Oh, right? yeah. With this yeah. many groups of small and uh, small people here. Or small yep. groups of people. And them being back on the road. They've been yeah. confined to one location for basically all of season two and all of season three. Them being on the road, maybe ne- meeting new people, mixing up with new groups. Um eventually of course probably reuniting that's going to be uh just having a dynamic background is going to uh give them a lot of interesting story possibilities i think okay um i need to do zombie kill of the week it's really hard to pick one this week because there weren't any like spectacular ones um i wish we had seen the rebar through the head that daryl did because he probably would have got it Oh, I think that was that's the clear winner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't actually see it, but it obviously happened. So, sure, I'll give it to that. 
Well, what uh, else you got? You got the mud zombie that and got just killed a off bullet screen to the head. too. That, yeah. yeah. The uh, I mean the the governor standing from the top of the tank, one handed pistol taking off the the zombies. No love for that. No, it's just more bullet to the head. Like that's yeah. we've seen that a thousand I, times. That's the standard zombie kill. I think I think the rebar meat puppet body armor zombie has got to win. Sure, yeah, it definitely wins. Uh, idiot survivor of the week. I got to give it to Mitch because he's a fucking idiot for supporting the governor. Uh, oh, wow. that's that's I, that, he gets it, man. I I disagree. I think uh, Lily because you what? said Lily you said, saved Tyrese. You I'm wait. No, Ter- no, no, Lizzie no, saved yeah. Tyrese. Sorry. Lizzie, yeah, Lily, yeah, Lily. Yeah. No, no, no. I think that you, because you, you laid all the blame for her dying at the governor's feet. I think the primary uh, source of Megan dying and my annoyance of the episode is her inability to watch her kid. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's if that was Lori, she totally would have gotten it. So, Lily, you're the idiot survivor of the week. Mitch, I'm watching you, man. Mitch you is better, the punk You better ass. be lucky you're dead, because if not, you would have been my survivor of the week <laughs> next time. Mitch was the punk ass survivor of the week, but uh, yeah, sure. All right, that's it for the recap. Why don't we get to some pimping and then some feedback? Um, so we've this is a uh, uh, I just want to say sincere thanks to uh, Doctor Devito for sponsoring our podcast this entire season through our Kickstarter. Uh, yeah, he he uh, works with the Br- Brunswick Family Dentistry out of Supply, North Carolina. Um, he actually didn't. He was he just wanted to be a silent sponsor. And when you when you tempt us like that, we're going to do something like make up outrageous lies about your hero- or, or or uncover startling truths about your heroics in service of of dentistry and all humanity. Good. Cover. So um, I hope he's enjoyed that. I hope you guys have, too. Um, but it's, I felt like it's the least we could do to give him a little bit more extra entertainment for his buck. Thank you. Thank you again. He's also just a generous dude. He stepped forward and wants to make a direct donation for a child's play charity. Um, so thank you for the bottom of our bald move hearts, uh, for sponsoring our podcast. And, uh, we just blown, blown away by your generosity, doctor. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Thank I, you so much. I don't know where I can take your, your story after you saved, uh, uh, all of, all of mankind. If, if this is the walking dead, you'd probably be dying next season. So, uh, <laughs> if, uh, if, if, uh, uh, I, I don't know where I'd take the story from here. So we'll see. I, if, I think uh, maybe we could have done like a an Ender's game sort of thing. Like maybe oh. he, like Ender had some tooth problem that was going to take him out of the games that or week. No, he's, then... he's got a, the, the, there's a race of sentient teeth that's attacking and he <laughs> has to train an elite cop. He has to, yeah, he goes to an uh-huh. orbital battle station and trains a whole new generation of, uh, of ruthless, uh, self-sacrificing dentists. Ruthless? Fly. Ruthless. <laughs> uh, self-sacrificing dentists that fly some kind of laser drill ships. Perfect. There you go. Boom. Ready for season 4.5. Um, uh, so anyway, thank you very much, um, and we appreciate that, Doctor. Our other sponsor tonight is Audible. They are the leading audiobook provider on the Internet, and they have over 150,000 titles to choose from. A lot of good stuff on there. We've done a lot of recommendations, and I think I've actually recommended these books before, but it's never been more pertinent than after the last couple of episodes and tonight's uh, big finale that you guys go check out the Governor series of books. Rise of the Governor, uh, Fall of the Governor, all that stuff is up there. Um, 
you can actually start off with the first one for free if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove. You can sign up for a 30-day free trial and get a free audiobook along with it. So perfect time to do it. Perfect time. Uh, we are part of the Bald Move Network. Of course, you can find all of our content at baldmove.com. You know all the television stuff we do. But do you know we also have affiliates such as the Personal Arrogance Crew, Jesse and Eric crush it on a weekly basis talking about beer, board games, sports, video games, popular culture. They're hilarious. They're some of our best buds. Please give them a, uh, a, a listen. Also, uh, Up Yours Downstairs, Wrapping Up Parades In, which was an awesome four-part HBO miniseries with Benjamin Cumberbach. Um, give them a listen. They're really uh, funny husband and wife duo, Tom and Kelly. And also, Gerald and Susan Amy, uh, The Because Show, out of L.A. They're hilarious. They're raunchy. They're a lot of fun. Um, we've been a big fans of uh, theirs for a long time, and we're proud to have them on the network. Check out all those shows. Please rate and re- review us on iTunes. Subscribe. Uh, it's one of the biggest ways you can help us grow the network. And, of course, all throughout December, use our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.baldmove.com. Uh, every purchase you make is going to send part of that uh, Amazon profit to us so we can give it to kids. How, how much better is that? Don't go out to the malls. Don't, don't sit in traffic. Just, just buy stuff off Amazon. They'll send it to you on a drone. Uh, that's that's not true, but everything not else till 2015, is. Not till 2015, man. Not till 2015. Uh, man, I, I want to do an hour-long podcast just on my disbelief at that whole plan. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but anyway, uh, if he wasn't crazy, he wouldn't be giving away some of his profits to us so we could do good things with it. So thanks for all your support. Uh, again, don't forget we're back next week with our wrap-up cast. Don't forget this Friday at noon I drop my survival guide. Uh, where we uh, talk about what the survivors did, what they should have done. It's my unique, twisted, tongue-in-cheek look at the episode. And I've had a lot of fun writing them, and I feel like this week is going to be a good one. So check that out. Uh, I think we're ready for some feedback now, Jim. All right. Bring it on. Ryan from Salt Lake City says, Lately I've been reading books by Joseph Campbell. He is a well-known scholar of mythology and is known best for his book, The Hero's Journey, where he depicts very common patterns that most hero myths follow. Over the years, a lot of screenwriters have relied on his work in crafting stories. George Lucas famously patterned Star Wars after a hero's journey. Anyway, Mr. Campbell talks about how water is a symbolic element used in stories to represent a struggle between the unconscious and conscious mind. I first noticed this in episode one where Bob Stuckey is in the store looking at the alcohol. He's standing in a puddle of water and water dripping down on him. Also, I think it applies to the scene where the governor is in the trailer where the water is dripping. Rafferty kills Martinez... Rick splashes water on himself. Uh, wait, yeah. Right after he kills Martinez, period. Rick splashing water on himself is often at moments of inner conflict between Farmer Rick and Leader Rick. That is a hell of a take. Very strong way to start us off. What do you think of that, Jim? Solid. Uh, I like that a lot. And I knew there had to be something to that water. I'm going to have to upgrade the water uh, tropical theory to a full-fledged uh, hurricane. That uh, that's email took it over the top. Yeah, and it, I mean, I had predicted that it had something to do with a further plot line, but obviously that didn't come to fruition. So that makes a ton of sense, especially with the scenarios he laid out there. Uh, T. Du Bois said, "Why was Herschel smiling at the end? I think it's because Rick finally said the words he wanted to hear from him." Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, Rick had changed at that point, right? Uh, Herschel had kind of imparted this wisdom to Rick. 
that wasn't really sinking in before, and now he understood that it did. He had shepherded him through this dark tea time of his soul, and like I felt like he was proud. Like there was this quiet pride and satisfaction that he'd gotten through, and I think he thought maybe that was going to actually work too. Uh, yeah, he might have. Um, I thought it was an amazingly restrained um, perfor- uh, Herschel performance because you know. Herschel knows what the governor did to his daughter. I don't think he knows all the details, but he knows enough and what pain it got brought him and, and her and Glenn. So the fact that he could sit down and treat with this man, I thought was pretty amazing. Yeah. Also, I like how understated it was. Uh, the fact that this character was about to go out and he didn't have any big monologues. He didn't have any kind of dramatic scenes here. It was really just a sentence and a look. And, and that's how that character went out. And I, it still felt right. You know, right, right. Uh, Jin D from Wisconsin said, I literally feel sick about losing Herschel, but let's be honest. Someone had to go from the main group. True enough. The most upsetting thing for me was Judith in the care seat, just being left behind. I was so hoping someone came back and scooped her up. Although I don't think AMC would have shown her die. I'm holding on to hope that she may still be out there. As for Carl, seeing him broken was horrible. And I don't know how we can go on losing his mom and sister. I'm making one big prediction and saying somehow Daryl's going to run across Carol now that the group is broken up, and hopefully it comes out that she didn't really kill those people and that psychopath Lizzie did. Um, I thought that was interesting, too, and I think it was Seppenwall that made this point that Carl losing Judith is kind of an end of an arc for him, too, because when his mom died, he became much more emotionless, more adult, uh, more serious, um, you know, and, and now this is the first genuine emotion we've seen from him since then. Do you think this is going to um, plunge his character deeper into that kind of like emotional withdrawal? Or do you think this is going to unlock him and he'll be more of a complete individual going forward? Wow. Uh, <laughs> that is a very hard question to answer. That is... <laughs> I mean, I could flip a coin and pick a side, right? All right. Well, maybe think about it. We'll talk about it next week. Because okay. I got a whole bunch of questions I jotted down about some fodder for next week. Uh, Sarah C. said, okay, I'm back to thinking that Carol did not kill Karen and David. I know some held this theory before, and most, if not all, of us let that theory go after indifference. I reluctantly let the theory go, too, but now I'm grabbing onto it again. I'm speculating that. One, Lizzie killed Karen and Dave in order to be hard and tough as per Carol's instructions. Two, Carol found out and burned the bodies and covered for Lizzie. Three, when Rick saw Carol killing Carol, Karen and David, it was not a flashback, but simply Rick's imagination of the scene as he believed it unfolded, uh, which served as a massive red herring for us viewers. If I'm right, this all potentially comes together in a really cool way for future episodes. Lizzie killed Karen, which devastated and enraged Tyrese, but in Too Far Gone, Lizzie saved Tyrese's life. Furthermore, it looks like Tyrese is stuck with the kids for the near future. Will the truth come to light as they are thrown together? What I'm not sure about is how the following will fit in. The feeding rats uh, to the zombies, the dissected rat, Lizzie's fantasy about zombies being good or cute, and Lizzie's foot doodling with Glenn's uh, floor blood. Uh, maybe it really was Carol speechifying. You're soft. You have to be hard. That pushed Lizzie into killing, and otherwise she never could have gone beyond her weird and inappropriate behavior. Are you a fan of the Lizzie killed Karen and David theory? Uh, I I kind of am because of one thing that she mentions there, which is the idea that uh, she has now saved Tyrese's life. 
um, and that it would be interesting, especially if they were to find Carol, uh, and Tyrese was to, you know, start getting angry at Carol and threatening Carol, and then Lizzie lets it fly, hey, I did it. Oh, shit. Uh, and then Tyrese has now this quandary, like, what do I do? I can't, I'm not going to kill this kid, right? Plus, they yeah. just saved my life, how mad can I be at them? Man, that would be crazy. Yeah, so that that one piece of, of evidence there, I man, that would be interesting, for sure. I was about to take the con view... Only because I feel like they so definitively answered us for us as viewers that if that they too. go back, that it's going to feel like I don't know that I'll ever be able to trust anything that they show us again. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I don't know. That scene where Rick either either envisions what he thought happened or they actually show us what happens, I, I think that is kind of open to interpretation because of the way that Rick is investigating the scene there kind of piecing everything together it might just be the way he's thinking it happened he's using his magic criminal investigator powers (laughs) yeah yeah so i i don't know it's it would make a good csi episode right Mm -hmm. that's what i said yeah georgia prison csi um mike c said i heard about judith not being part of the immemorial montage of the talking dead either the talking dead messed up or it is revealed that she may be alive maybe with michonne or beth Judith is alive and well. I think she's with Lizzie and the other kids, probably with Tyrese. The kids had Judith in their hands at the beginning. They abandoned her for gearing up. When Lizzie saved Tyrese, she and the others ran in opposite directions in which Tyrese wanted to go. He says, hey, you're going the wrong way. I think that's what he says. Anyway, Lizzie and the others went back to save Judith, and I believe out of the many groups that have been once united in prison, one consists of Tyrese, the kids, and Judith. I will post an imager link that has very compelling evidence that backs up what Mike C is saying here, that the way they staged this, Judith was left behind by the kids. The kids were running back towards Judith, whereas Tyrese was like, you guys got to come this way. But then he went and followed the kids, and then they have an animated gif of him running away from the final explosion, and it does look like, you know... He's carrying something, and his gun, you'd think he'd have his gun up and center to cut, you know, deal with zombies and everything else, but instead his arms are almost like he's either shot in the gut, and he's trying to cover that, or he's got something cradled in his arms. Again, I don't know what that says about the show, that they would do that to us, um, or if they're just, they deliberately stage that in a way to make it ambiguous, but I don't know, man. It felt pretty definitive with Carl and Rick's reaction, and... If she doesn't die, then I feel like if she ever dies in the future, it'll just feel cheap because we've already seen this reaction. Hmm. So yeah, I don't know what they're point. doing. And, 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 and having little kids, like real little kids, is just kind of dramatically limiting um, because they are the opposite of what you want when you're on the run in a zombie apocalypse, right? Sure. Absolutely. It's going to definitely make Rick and his group like you know weaker. Anything else you got to say on that before I move on? Nope. Let's keep going. Is Gross said Glenn Mazzara left Scott Gimple at the end of season three with the Woodbury, asthmatics, and dead people. What was he supposed to do? Resurrect the dead Woodburyites and be sieged to prison along with the governor in season four? The governor could not have shown up for this battle with a new group of people that none of us ever met. We need to at least quasi-care for the couple of them, uh, a la Pounded Out Girl and Megan, and hate at least one of them, a la Blue Man Group. We need to invest at least a little, and Gimple gave us that. 
Be more upset that Mazera left Gimple with nothing to work with. Personally, I gave Gimple great kudos for making something out of Mazera's mess. I only now realize all the mistakes Mazera made along the way. As far as the governor shooting Megan in the head, something he could never do to Penny, just shows us that even for him, he was too far gone and could never go back. Phillips said all along that there was something about living in this world that made him feel more alive than he ever had before. But alas, the king is dead. His pawns are dead. Your move, pumpkin. Um, well, he, he obviously had a very different reaction to the last two episodes than I did because I felt no connection to any of those people at all. It, well, except for you, you say that, and then you say that Megan's death made the episode work better. But only for because you. only because the governor was the character that you connected with, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with you in one thing, um, which is Mazera really screwed the pooch, and I, I know it's not just Mazera. I know it's like there's this unholy triangle of whoever's trying to run the show. AMC starving the budget and Robert Kirkman's, I assume, massive ego, just from what I know of him and the bitter dispute he had between his original artist and some of the stuff I hear him say about the show. Um, it's a wonder that anything of quality gets done. Um, but yeah, the, the decision to have the governor go completely batshit and kill all of his people made... I, I I do realize I, I do feel like it bound his hands a little bit. I think people are overestimating how much we had to care about any of these people. Obviously, because none of us cared shit about any of them. You know, like I don't even think uh, Is Gross here cared about Pounded Out Girl and his sister and daughter. So and or and and or Blue Man Group. They were just one step above the gray uh, hoodie sweatshirt guy that got shot in the background of, a, of the prison this episode. <laughs> yeah, when Glenn and Maggie were running by. No, no, it's like it's like as soon as I saw him, I'm like, this guy's going to be dead. And it's no sooner had I finished a sentence than his head got blown off. And I'm like, yep, never sure. seen him before. You're going down. Um, so, yeah, I definitely blame more of Mazera or the previous regime in total. But um, two-thirds of those cooks are still in the kitchen, people, and that's what worries me. AMC is still, you know, making them do shitty CGI, gunfire, and blood and is still starving him on budget, and Kirkman is still there. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I think if there's any reason to hope, it's because Scott Gimple's a really good writer. So, Can I just jump in and say I don't know anything about Robert Kirkman, and I feel like you're, you're really raking him over the coals here, uh, and I feel like the mass audience doesn't know much about him either. So... I I just I, I don't know what it, I, I you're just really shitting all over him, man. <laughs> Am I? Yeah, massive ego. Robert Kirkman's in the mix still, so it's gonna suck. Like I I don't know. I don't know. That's that's not the case for me. I I haven't seen any problem with Robert Kirkman with the stuff that I saw him in, including last night's Talking Dead. I don't know. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I okay. Well, um, I just wanted to jump mean, in and defend him a little bit because I, I have not to, seen the same things you have. Apparently, I don't mean to rake him over to coals, but I do think that there is a little bit of. I mean, every time there's a a showrunner has departed, either peacefully or not so, it's been creative struggles. Is it creative struggles the AMC executives, or is it creative struggles with Rick Kirkman or Robert Kirkman? 
I don't. I I can't speak intelligently to that. I don't know. No, no one can because it's a bunch of hush hush bullshit. But stuff I've read on the internet maybe uh, implies it's a little bit more of the RK. So there you go. Um, Allison in Indianapolis says one thing I would have loved to see is that the governor has Michonne's pet. Also, I hated Ghost Lori, but I think it'd be fine. I'd be fine with Ghost Herschel. Well, that would be the Obi Wan Kenobi move, right? <laughs> it would be. He'll come back with a blue halo around him. Uh, what? Mich- the governor has Michonne's pet. Um, are you'll, we talking you'll have to like, replace his face, though, with Ewan McGregor, so I don't know. You might not recognize him. Um, <laughs> what, as a pet, like, you know, what, are we saying, are we, like, going, like, Japanese horror film? Like, she literally cuts his arms and legs off and sews his eyes together, and he's just, like, some kind of freakish torso? Does she, tor- I mean, what, in, in what way would he ever be her pet? The the way that she had the pets when we first met her, oh, right? On the chain. Okay, the zombie pets. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I forgot that that I didn't forget, but I didn't make that connection. Thank you, Jim. That would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack M said, "I won't be the first to say this episode is of higher quality, um, but when it looked like it is a standalone episode. But regardless, I do think the true pre- previous governor episodes were worth this payoff. It's clear as day that they had a bigger budget for this episode." As a father and son's, uh, but it's a father and son's reaction to Judith that really shines. What's great about this scene is Rick's barely forming words, breaking down right away, and Carl is initially trying to stay strong and hold it together. It's something Carl's been trying to do for a long time, a long, long time, ever since the death of Lori. It's not until he sees the incoming walker that he really breaks down for the first time in who knows how long. Reminder, this world is fucked because of these walkers, this infection, a slap in the face to Carl, and a reminder that every person has their breaking point. I think it's awesome to see the anger quickly transform into devastation as he unloaded his ammunition into the walker. I thought it was brilliantly acted by Andrew Lincoln and Chandler Riggs, all topped off from a shot straight from the comic as Carl and Rick walk over the hill and into the woods, the fallen prison in the background. Um, This begs a question, Jim. Can The Walking Dead get too grim? Like, is there a point where audiences are going to be like, God, this is too fucking depressing? Uh... so much hmm. human misery. I, yeah, yeah, I think it's possible. Um, I think if they continue to just kick Rick and Carl over and over and over again, that it's it's possible people will stop uh, watching the show because of that. Um, the I don't think that's gotten... the majority of the audience. So I think the majority of the audience is watching it for action, uh, the the drama that is there, and they they're they're not. I don't feel like they're really turned off by that stuff. It's more just like the journey of the characters. Yeah, the comics kind of got there with me right around issue 100, which if you're a comic fan, you probably know what I'm referring to, where I just like, Jesus Christ, I don't know. Um, and the comics are interesting because you're basically getting like a com- um, a in-between commercials worth of show a month. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not concentrated, just like gut punch, gut punch, gut punch, gut punch. Um, like an hour of television can be. And I do think that's something that, um, Alan Seppenwall is always worried about that, you know, he stopped reading the comics because he just got tired of like basically torture porn. Um, and I wonder if people's appetite will that will eventually, uh, diminish as well. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you see stuff like Saw, which obviously turns a certain subset of people off, or probably a superset of people off. Um, and that's the physical part of it. Can you go there? 
emotionally? Can you do too much emotionally? It's a good question, and I don't think it's really been explored very well uh, in really any medium I can think of. Well, it's starting because we never, to me, I never really cared for many of the characters outside of Rick and Carl. Um, you know, Herschel dying was tough, but for some reason I felt, I don't know, maybe the spoilers made it a little bit more muted or maybe that I thought, thought it was inevitable after the disease episode. And, you know, I, I kind of, I put him as, uh, um, one of the ones that had very high chances of dying this season. But I think that at this point, I pretty much care for almost all of the characters at this point, at this point. So at this point, if a character died at this point, I would probably be sad at that point. Except, except for Tara <laughs> at this point, right? At this point, Tara could probably die, um, and I, 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 I think I would be fine at this point. <laughs> okay, so, good. <laughs> moving on, Gavin P., he's not liking my uh, uh, praising them at spending budget. He says, what did they save the budget for? Renting a tank and some A-team-style wall explosions? That looked like a Power Rangers episode. How can you be a fan of this episode with the following events happening off screen? The governor kidnapping Herschel and Michonne. Sorry, a half second shot of her getting hit on the head is a really larger blow to her overall character and making her task tactically equivalent to Herschel. Rick tells Daryl and presumably Tyrese about banishing Carol. This was at least an episode worth of drama. The baby being killed. If it's truly the case, there wasn't enough viscera in that basket for me to think that the baby had died. Viscera. We're analyzing, we're analyzing viscera. Otherwise, I feel like we should have had a shot of a zombie eating that baby like a tourist at Disneyland chopping on a turkey leg. Why did these people storm the prison after they're clearly welcomed by Rick, the supposed threat, and when their leader, the governor, who they met like two weeks before, and since he had arrived at the camp, their leaders mysteriously had disappeared, behead a helpless old man. I feel like more than just that one chick should have been conflicted about this. Gavin, I don't know what to say, man, because I feel you. I feel every one of those complaints, except for maybe the one at the end where uh, when he chopped off Herschel's head and the bullets start firing, you kind of do what you're going to do at that point. But, and I also, I for one have been very uh, adamant about, I don't want to see zombie babies, and I don't really want to see ha zombies be uh, babies being eaten by zombies either. I know that's something that's more up Jim's alley. Oh, yeah. Sicko. Um, turkey legs for days, man. Um, but I think, I guess if I'm saying that once the episode started, I, nothing happened that bothered me enough to take me out of it and not think that it was entertaining. And, um, you know, as you're, as you get further down into this, the stream of the show, the options of what they can and can't do start becoming more and more limited, right? Like Mazera, we talked about. Really, you know, whether it's Missouri, Kirkman, AMC, whatever, they really limited the options of what they could do in the season and still wrap up the prison uh, plot line in the style that comic book fans and fans of the show kind of wanted to see. So I feel like they made the best of where they were at the point that this episode began. And I made a conscious decision to start the show at that point. Like, I wasn't going to bring the previous two weeks of baggage in there. And I think if you did, there's no way you could enjoy the show because of all the reasons you, you mentioned. What did you think, Jim? Yeah, that, that's a very good point. The narrowing possibilities as you get further and further into the season, uh, you just you don't have some of the options given the history of these characters and the history of the show. Yeah, and I mean, again, you can blame the last two weeks of the governor and all that kind of stuff because, 
like I said, an instant cast. What worked for me in the episode had nothing to do with those two episodes, and what didn't work had everything to do with those two episodes. So it was a tough pill for me to swallow, but that's the way they went. And They're, they're with- also being kind of corralled by the comic book a little bit too, right? Because, I mean, the idea that the governor – needed to die um, or that this prison thing needed to go down the way it did all stems from the comic book. It's not like in a show that doesn't have any kind of history outside of itself, they would have to have the governor take out the prison and have to have the governor die. It's just they're constrained by all these other factors. Yeah, but that's that's horse. In, in fact, I would be very happy if they just made the goddamn comic. I mean, edit for comic uh, content. I realize you can't show the governor and his men raping Michonne for days. I know you can't show her pulling a spoon out of his ass, the governor's ass, and gouging his eye out with it. Um, I know you can't do those things. But everything they've done to step away from the comic plot line feels like it's a weaker decision that has then led them to have to resolve it in a way that fits the overall arc of the comic in a crappier way. Like, keeping Shane alive for an extra season, I don't think did a whole lot for the show. Um, you know, making Andrea a much weaker, less capable character and kind of bratty and, um, you know, pig-headed in the wrong ways, I don't think added a lot to the show. Stretching this, the prison episode out, or season out for another season, I don't think added a lot. So it's like, I feel like... They did it. They do it because they're trying to do 16 episodes in a season when maybe the show would do better as a 10 episode or a 12 episode run. Um, yeah. But it's just, it's either, it's either filler or just wanting to do things differently because maybe, I don't know, Kirkman's bored. What, why do you, but, but do that's you the thing, right? They'll, they'll do a couple of things differently, but ultimately they come back to the storyline of the comic uh, in some form. Why do they do that then? Well, I don't but, understand. But that's, what I'm, that's, like, that's my whole point. My point is that since they do that, and they seem to be set on doing that, they are constrained by the comic book to some degree. Like with these bigger points, right? That just feels foolish because the Game of Thrones people really follow the plot unless they the, – the way – they have too much plot, so they have to make changes to streamline things. And sure. if they were doing that on The Walking Dead and maybe it didn't work, I felt like I'd cut them more slack than when they just go – way off the reservation for no good reason and it doesn't work out why should i cut him slack for that you had a superior alternative that was already released and well received by a particular fan base why not just do that sure so that's that's kind of my thought on that Alex A. said, wouldn't it be great if somehow Michonne picked up Judith before leaving the prison and we finally get to see a badass mama taking out zombies with one hand while holding a baby in the other that would be a competent mother on the show would be um a welcome change pretty, of pace yeah i i would get down with that how about you jim uh for sure and i i thought when like carol was kind of taking care of judith with alongside beth that was kind of a good combo there uh yeah carol went a little off the rails too with her survivalist stuff yeah yeah um, Christina S. said, the scene where Lily arrives to present her dead daughter to the governor enrages me. What? She got there quick, so quickly that Megan hasn't even turned yet? Were they that close to the prison? Her first instinct was really to drive your dead daughter to a prison battle led by your psychotic, you know, uh, and you know it, quasi-boyfriend, and present the dead body to him ever so slowly in the midst of gunfire? I suppose Megan could have died in a way from on the way from bleeding out, and maybe Lily was headed over there for help. 
Um, so they took the entire camp. That's the other kind of thing. Yeah, is they man. left, huh? So I guess she was the only kid in camp. Um, although I thought that there was other kids running around. Hmm. I'm not sure that I ever saw any other kids. All right, you might be right. I mean, why uh, would she be playing in the mud by herself if there were other kids? Because she's awkward child that spent the last two years in an apartment with her dying grandfather and her fist bumping aunt <laughs> eating beefaroni. <laughs> she's weird. Good point. Fair enough. She's like she's like a homeschool kid, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so that was a really awesome burn on my friend there, by the way, if you guys didn't know. Um, Christina S said the scene where Lily arrives to present her dead daughter to the governor enrages me. Wait, what the hell? Uh, let's you just let read scroll. this, man. You're getting all let, tangled up here. Let me scroll on down to Sully from Boston said to sum up this character arc, I've crafted the governor's rules. One, lead decisively with no F and mercy. Two, kill any and all threats you encounter to ensure survival. Optional, collect heads or bodies as a hobby. Um, three, find and inhabit a secure fortified area. Four, leave your secured fortress fortified area and attack more secure fortified areas before because more fortified areas are easier to defend. Five, wait, number four seems to be hypocritical. What if I bring a tank and hostages with no specific strategy on how to use them? Six, does it matter that I leave the wife and daughter I'm supposedly obsessed with protecting alone and unprotected except by a river? Except no, or I guess not, but I'll definitely leave them directions to the prison, or I suppose they'll use GPS. And seven, what I really want is to kill and dominate everyone so my bloodlust will eventually take over. No need to make a coherent plan or pay attention to rules one through five. After all, the whole governor motivation psyche concept is contrived and hastily thrown together to make up for the bullshit ending the last time I attacked a prison. Jim, your thoughts on Sully from Boston? Uh, like, mind blown, <laughs> man. He's absolutely right on everything there. Uh, and I, I think we have a listener feedback about this, but they really had no plan going into this like what happens if we have to cut herschel's head off well i i think yeah because i think the governor is a really awesome politician and a really shitty military leader and that's kind of you know straight up from the comics right so okay yeah I mean, he underestimated Rick, and he thought he was all hard because he's got these stage zombie fights and all this other bullshit. But, you know, in the end of the thing, Rick's team is the one that that is, is the tougher, harder nut to crack, even with a tank against it. I See, saw a really what, funny... Yeah. I saw a really funny YouTube image where it's kind of a, a, a riff off the Avengers where the governor is like, I've got a tank. And Rick Scott says, we got a Daryl. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. What he what should have done. Say? What he should have done is. All right. Well, he's obviously not going to let us in. We can't go through the fence uh, or we'll destroy the place we're trying to take. So he leaves. Uh, well, he cuts Herschel's head off and says, we mean business. He leaves. He goes back to camp, comes back a day later with two tanks, says now we're serious. <laughs> <laughs> um i yeah uh, um that, that's a fair point though like if he just refuses to let you in are you really going to destroy the place you're trying to take well it's like he said he says in an offhand manner we'll rebuild defenses okay but you're also blowing holes in the prison <laughs> that's the thing like uh, the, he had no plan going into it it's crazy right you know and, and that's the thing with the comics is that they actually had woodbury to fall back to so it felt like, you know, 
he was just fucking with Rick as a personal vendetta against him and Michonne, and he was out for revenge, and he didn't give a shit. Whereas this adding another layer to the governor's character, I felt made it, you know, some of these plots where it's like, okay, this doesn't really make good, solid sense. Again, massive deviation from the comics to get the exact same result, only it made less sense. Yeah, and it also speaks poorly of Mitch's character as well, right? A tank operator who's been trained in the military doesn't question what are we going to do if he won't let us in. Hmm. Well, I mean, he might have assumed that we roll up to a tank and these guys are going to be a craven, cowardly lot. I mean, they didn't expect they they didn't expect these people to be family men <laughs> that would be concerned with you know. There's no plan B. There's no contingency plan. You're here, right. Though. You're right. It's you're crazy. Right. You're right. Uh, Aaron H said, "I think the show missed out on a golden opportunity to get rid of all the extras in Rick's camp by having the tank shoot the bus while Glenn was on it." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, we lost Glenn, but we would have wrapped up a whole lot of extras. Uh, Mary D said, did anyone kill Herschel's head? I don't remember seeing anyone do so, and I'm not sure if anyone had time and all the running and fighting and gut running away, but maybe you guys saw someone take care of it. If you did, could you point out in a recap? I'm really worried about him. I don't think Herschel's head's going to be chomping away on that field for a good long while. I think so. Unfortunately, Mary. Um, Kim M says, I'm really sad over Herschel, but he had to be the one killed by the governor because Herschel represented all that was good and pure in the world. He is infused with grace. Michonne didn't and wasn't. His wisdom that had been imparted to Rick, and I think Herschel uh, was ready to die because he knew that too. I think I would it would have been a harder death if we didn't get to see Herschel's reaction to Rick. Fair point. Okay. We didn't I, see the... Uh, Go ahead. I, I like it, but my it, it, it made me think of the idea that at that moment, Herschel gives him the look, and he knows that Rick has changed, but does rick get rechanged back to the way he used to think when the governor clearly doesn't change and uh cuts Herschel's head off yeah i'm i i don't know because i don't want the show to tread too much old ground what i really hope is that rick sees that there's an amalgamation here that that he's got to find a balance and these experiences, like I said, are shaping him like Plato into being the complete all-around leader that you need in this particular environment. And he's still not there yet. He's gotten, uh, you know, he's had some pieces from Shane. He's had some pieces from the governor. He's had pieces from Herschel. And he probably needs another piece or two before he can really effectively lead and hold together community and protect them from not only uh, disasters without and threats without, but also within. Um, Kevin, in, oh, she also said, we didn't see the governor killed outright. Kim M did. We saw Lily point the gun. I hope she shot in the dirt next to him. And she knows, he knows she's leaving him to get eaten or turn because death is too good for him. I agree. I agree. I don't think it's going to matter one way or another, but I agree with you, Kim. Well, I, I would say we saw her do the exact same thing with that Walker who was eating her daughter. I don't assume that she shot the ground next to the Walker. So I can't assume that she shot the ground next to the governor. And it's going to make no difference because we're not going to see a zombie governor absolutely do anything but make a walk by you know a walk on cameo literally. Um, so um, Kevin M says thought the governor gave a great speech to a bunch of non-military people. You mean to tell me that all of them would blindly follow a complete stranger to their deaths as if he was General Zod? Lil spent more time with him and she had her doubts. 
where did this sickness come from? Was it just in the prison? I don't know the mother. I don't know what mother besides Lori Grimes lets her only child play 10 or more yards away from them in the zombie apocalypse. However, let's say it's common practice. Would it not make sense for Lily to stay? Uh, or say Megan come here once she spots a walker attempting to cross the river. That's a damn good point, Kevin. Like maybe you don't get off your damn RV and go see what she's the commotion's about, but maybe you say, "Hey, come here. There's a zombie. Huddle up." Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, make um, when evacuating, how the heck are the kids and baby not the first to get on the bus? And how do you have the nerve to drive off knowing that the kids and baby were not on a bus? <laughs> Another good point. Well, they're uh, going yeah, opposite I- Titanic rules. I thought they just panicked. Like, the bus driver was just some old lady, right? So right. I think she was just like, fuck this, I'm out, and right. just took the bus. Yeah, women and children last uh, boarding the, the bus out of the prison. Um, excellent points there. Kyle E. says, I know people have been criticizing about Daryl using the zombie as a shield, but seriously, they're full of shit. When we see zombies attacking, when we get to a cutscene, and then Gar- Daryl comes back with a zombie shield. What they didn't show you is Daryl pounding the zombie corpse totally full of rebar. It wasn't just that one stuck in his head. How dumb do you think people think Daryl is? Also, I heard criticizing about Daryl using a grenade to kill the tank. He didn't actually use a grenade during the footage. He actually jumped up, caught the tank shell in midair, and then spiked it down the tank's A-hole. <laughs> For whatever the special effects people designed to change it to a grenade instead for artsy-fartsy purposes. I co-sign all of those things, Kyle. You know what I would think <laughs> would be freaking awesome is if Daryl shoots a piece of rebar out of his crow, his crossbow at some point. Oh, Half-Life 2 style? That would be so cool. Yeah. Uh, Jim from Ohio says, I was just curious on your thoughts of the group being split for a while. I think it would be interesting if parts of the group don't find each other right away. For example, Tyrese is with the little girls. When last we see him, it could have been interesting to see if he meets up with Carol on the road. We talked about this. I actually kind of stepped on your feet there a little bit, Jim. We think we're big fans of that, right? Sure. Split up group that slowly converges midway through the season, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Right on. Uh, Ashley M says, after seeing the rat biology experiment, the dots have been connected. Lizzie was clearly the one feeding the walkers at the prison fence. Watching the show a second time, I'm hoping I, I'm tracking my groups correctly. Group one is Glenn and the nameless remaining Woodbury survivors. Group two, Bob, Sasha, and Maggie. Group three, Tyrese, Mika, and Lizzie. Group four, Daryl and Beth. Rick five, group five, Rick and Carl. Michonne is doing her loner wolf thing, but I predict she'll show up uh, with group five at one point if the comic... Whoa, 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 whoa. Almost did a spoiler. Uh, what about the other two kids that were Lizzie and Mika though? Uh, I'm assuming they made it to the bus when they scampered off after the guns, uh, started firing. The other thing you're missing there is, uh, Lily and Tara. I feel like we will probably see them again. Yeah, probably. Um, not super excited about it, but I feel like we will. Did anyone else besides me fear for Rick's life for just a second or two? I thought he was going to get choked to death there for a moment. I can't believe I thought that, but it actually scared me. There was just an uncomfortably long delay in the governor getting his katana comeuppance. I didn't think that he was going to die. I thought somebody would save him. Did you, Jim? Yeah, I I thought it might have been Carl. Uh, I, th- I saw um, on the Talking Dead an interview with the governor who... Uh, sorry, David Morrissey, who said that the only person fitting uh, that that really fit there to take him out was uh, Michonne. So yeah, made a lot of, of sense for her to do it. 
Um, I was satisfied with Daryl's reaction to Rick's discussion of Carol. I perceived him to be more upset with Rick for not allowing Daryl the chance to weigh in on the decision to banish her. That's a good point. Um, but based on his final comments, disappointed ultimately in Carol's decisions. Rick and Daryl's relationship has come a long way since the Merle on the rooftop incident. Daryl's almost insurmountable respect for Rick has evidence since season two onward. So I wouldn't imagine him throwing a punch at Rick for that. Viewers constantly speculate about Daryl and Carol's relationship. I only ever saw it as a mutual close friendship with common bonds. Nothing more. Obviously, the relationship had romantic. I would have expected a stronger reaction from Daryl. I agree with your last part. I do think that if nothing else, he would feel betrayed that Rick didn't trust him to bring him in on that decision. As Because Daryl's been his basically right-hand man from the get. And Daryl's on the prison council. Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that's a fair point. That was my original objection to the whole thing anyway. So, um, Rachel in Honolulu says one of the last shots of the episode is a zombie stomping on the eye patch wearing chess piece and Megan made in the governor's image. How did it wind up there? What do you think, Jim? I've got a theory. Uh, I would just say governor's pocket. He held it as yeah. a memento of his daughter. He's luck, lucky charm. Um, Dan in West Palm, Florida, says, had a few gripes with the gunplay, but willing to give it a pass since most of them had reasons behind them. For example, I'm totally unbelieving of that little girl's nailing two perfect headshots when it's unlikely they've ever fired a gun before. And they got two fingers on the trigger guard, but I see why they did it. Yeah, that's some bullshit, but I think my shock of just seeing two little girls murder people on screen overrode the common sense part of my brain. Same with Daryl and the tank. I don't buy the whole grenade thing, but the confrontation afterwards between Daryl and the tank driver, good lord, that was awesome. Yep. Yeah. So I, I don't know anything about tanks. I don't know how how they load their ammunition, but I assume the barrel of the tank does not connect directly into the cockpit, right? Well, there was actually a discussion on this on Reddit that I guess that this would be almost impossible in the modern generation of tank, the Abrams, but with this uh, M60... Um, if the breach was open, as if the you know they had the, the 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 place where you load the massive shell open, and someone was was loading that in at the time, that's what I was. That there yeah. would be a direct connection between the inside of the tank and uh, uh, and, and the barrel. Um, again, I'm not a tank driver. I, I, um, I actually tried to get a hold of an old friend of mine that drove tanks over in. Uh, uh, in South Korea, uh, the, uh, the Abrams, uh, but I couldn't get a hold of him to ask him kind of what he thought about it. Um, cause he's, he's driven a lot of fighting vehicles. Um, and he, he would probably know more than me. Um, anything else before we move on? Nope. The last Josh H says, I'm hoping after farm incident, there are design, uh, designated meetup spots in case they were pushed off the prison, though. I'm looking forward to some solo stories of individual groups. That'd be a hell of an idea. To have meetup spots, yeah, it would. Yeah, but I mean, I there's no indication that they had any of that stuff. So, right, I don't think right. So. I'm trying to think. Yeah, that would be that that would be a good idea for them to go moving forward. Um, that's all we got. Uh, we've got a little bit of spoiler stuff, and then we got uh, obviously next week. Uh, if you didn't get uh, all your thoughts in, or you have a unique take you didn't think we covered, please shoot it in because it's going to be pretty much 100% your feedback and maybe 10 or 15 minutes of us gloating over our death predictions and making some predictions for next season. Um, other than that, time for outro. If you'd like to send us those feedback, you can do so at watchingdead at baldmove.com. Send us that email. You can follow us on facebook.com slash baldmove for our live 
uh, uh, thread updates or live show uh, updates, live show threads. I'll get up there eventually. And uh, you can follow Jim on Twitter, at BaldMove. That's all we got. Ready for spoilers. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Like Aaron said, we'll be back next week. And until then, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you then. Alan dies from a zombie attack, so similarities immediately begin to ensue for me when the girl's father and the show die similarly. So I've been on the Lizzie's crazy bandwagon. I wonder if it's not Mika that's the crazy one, though, and they're setting us up for a rope-a-dope moment. Uh, she seemed so rational when she was dealing with Lizzie, though, right? Well, and is like, that... I, I don't know. It just seems like... Lizzie is the one who had the zombie fetish for the longest time and making them pets and feeding them seems to be right up that alley. Yeah, but does she still feel like that now or is that something that her younger sister has been told by her big sister this whole time and that's going to be, um, you know, her justification? Because the way it works in the comics, as you know, if you're in the spoilers section, is that they are these young twins. They were like, you know, maybe a little bit younger than Carl. And one of them went batshit and killed his brother um, because, with the justification. And also, I think he killed a dog or something before it was kind of disturbing. But killed his brother saying that, like, you know, why is everybody upset? He's just going to come back. Not understanding the whole zombie thing. And it was, it was sad and tragic and disturbing and also led to badass Carl moment. Um so I got two minds of this. To make it more like the comic, you have to have the, the person to be younger because it's not, it would be, man, I don't know. If Lizzie killed Mika, it'd be shocking because it'd be a big sister killing a very little girl. Um, if Mika killed Lizzie, then it'd be shocking because it's a little girl doing it. And then Carl, who at this point is kind of too old for the be in his role as a comic. If he murdered Mika, that would feel like that that would feel a lot edgier than if he kills Lizzie in revenge because none of the adults will do it. So where do you kind of see that if if it if I, Ashley's right, where do you see that going down? I, I don't even know that they're gonna get to that. I mean, first of all, they'd have to bring those groups back together. They absolutely will. Uh the but, psycho thing. But it is all going goes down somewhere. in the prison, right? I mean that's where that shit happens. Yeah. I guess no, they no, could no, still do no, it. No, 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 no. It goes out. This this stuff happens on the road after the prison. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. All right. Let's do it. Um, I just really feel like everything has been leading up to Lizzie being the crazy one. But I guess maybe her crazy could have rub- rubbed off on her little sister. And now that she is kind of considering herself the strong one. Mm. maybe she doesn't think that anymore. Maybe she's come to some sort of realization through Carol. Well, I mean, she had that. Plus it's like, it would be strange for her to espouse that after so many times of being proven wrong. The most recent we with Glenn and whatever the hell that guy's name was that she thought was going to be a puppy dog. So it's like, Whereas the other hand, the little girl's just heard this the whole time. She's quite a bit younger, and she didn't have those experiences in in the uh, uh, cell block of death. So I don't know. Um, or it could be, you know, we we could still have Bob being the psycho, and that would be weird too. So 
Um, moving on to Michael says, I'm happy with her going in the next half. One, it's great. Lily callback from the comics. I guess Gimple wasn't killing when he said they're going to stick a little closer to the comics because I knew once I heard her name, she was going to be the one that killed the governor. Two, if the group separated like the comics and after watching a preview for the next half, I think it's safe to say we're going to get the best moment of the, one of the best moments from the comics, Rick and Carl alone fending off the walkers. I'm excited and I hope we get one whole episode dedicated to them. Have you seen the preview for next, for the next, uh, year or yeah for the next second half no no i haven't yeah on the second airing they actually showed that and happened to be watching and it all but confirms that storyline because we heard andrew lincoln talking about hinting at it and then we saw a desperate carl shaking his his comatose father saying wake up wake up in the uh, tease for next season so that supposedly goes down episode nine literally when we get back from the break yeah, no, I'm super excited for that one. I think uh, they Chandler Riggs has an opportunity, and from what I hear, he does uh, knock it out of the park. Oh shit! Um, here's a little spoiler, uh, spoiler, spoilery. Um, so if you don't want to hear like a kind of confirmed spoiler, maybe switch off. Uh, number three, I have a prediction. We know that Abraham and his group from the comics will be introduced in uh, season or episode four dot ten. Melissa McBride was seen on set filming with Chad Coleman in that episode. I'm thinking she did find a new group, and it's them. What do you guys think? Okay, sure. I mean, that was my prediction, and if someone says that they actually have have uh, have confirmed that she was on set filming with Chad Coleman, then boom, there you go. Although that could be a flashback to him processing that she killed him. <laughs> oh, God. How deep down the rabbit hole are we going to go? <laughs> S-Dub in Cincinnati, my adopted hometown, says, After last season's debacle, I thought I'd read the comics to give me reason to continue watching the show I love to hate. With the comics fresh in my mind, I have a few observations. One, I'm afraid that Kirkman is just as responsible as the writers for the sloppy narrative. Boom. The writers give us ham-fisted, bacon-gauntlet, on-the-nose dialogue and poorly developed characters, but I think that Kirkman saw the series as an opportunity to correct the mistakes he made along the way. Two examples are Rick losing his hand and giving Michonne the satisfaction of stabbing the governor. Um, also, I think he feels it was a mistake to make the governor batshit crazier from the beginning. I mean, the guy was drawn like a fucking pedophile, homeless pedophile. He screamed bad guy the whole time. Like, it's, it's a stretch to think that anyone would follow this, this loser. Um, so you might be right there. Two, it seems that Gimple handpicked or pick the point in the comics episode 48 and structured the first half of the season, getting us back to that point. He had to take a wrecked governor character, a Michonne character, et cetera, and rehabilitate them to hit that mark. The re- previews for season four B seem to pick up right where episode 48 left off three. I was actually hoping to see Tyrese and Judith die just to get the character list closer to this point in the comics. I'm guessing that Beth will take the place of Sophia in the comics since Carl is getting older. Uh, four in the comics, Crazy Rick and the Ghost Lori really kicking the high gear right after they leave the prison. I hope Rick didn't bring the phone with him. Uh, I think they've already done that. I hope they've already done that. Although it would be cool to give Jim uh, another chance run at the Ghost Lori. Uh, five, it's strange how the episode titles don't match the comic volume titles. Made to Suffer would have been the proper title for season 4A finale. Uh, it would be cool if they used the comic titles to synchronize the show loosely with the comics. Uh, epi- season 1, Episode 1 was Days Gone By. Season 3, Episode 8, Made to Suffer. Uh, season 3, Episode 15, This Sorrowful Life. Uh, season 4, Episode 8, Too Far Gone. Um, 
which is way into the future. That's volume 13. So he's basically saying they've kind of, you know, he would have made tweaks. And I agree. Um, if you're using the comics from the, the, the titles from the comics, then why don't you tie them closer to the plot? Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Uh, did Glenn leave on the bus without Maggie? That would be a big deviation from the comics and something that seems very out of character for him. Uh, I don't think the he old- had a choice in the matter, but yes, he did. He was on the bus when it left. Um, and also, I mean, the, uh, the only thing I can think of is he was sick and weak as hell and that he couldn't physically get off the bus. Yeah. So, uh, really excellent email. Thank you for that. S dub. Justin B said, I've been recently thinking about the comic and how the show might go on. Do you think the show will go back to the farm and then get the hunt, uh, have the hunter plot at the end of the season in the beginning of next season, fall out with Alexandria. Most of next season following with the introduction of Negan. Um, I don't think they're going to go back to the farm. I would scream if they did. Um, I do think the Hunters will be in the second half of next season. Um, I think that if I if if I if if I were to do it, I would have Alexandria. They would discover Alexandria, similar to them discovering the prison at the end of the uh, of the next season. The first half of the, se- the season would be all about Alexandria, and then the cliffhanger there would be Negan, and then they'd deal with him, I guess, in the second half of uh, season six. What would we be on at that point? So season – well, okay. So no, no, that would be season five. So season the uh, second half of season four is going to be Abraham on the road, Hunter's Plot, um, leading up to Alexandria. 5A would be Alexandria. 5B would be Negan, leading up to – the I guess all-out war plotline um, that we're at, at, up to current, but that's kind of weird because we're basically a year away from catching up entirely to the comics. Where they go from there is going to be super interesting because then you know Kirkman's got new trails to blaze. Yeah, yeah, and trying to keep uh, it's not possible to keep the comic and the show in no, sync at that point. Not not with how slow ass that they are about releasing them. Yeah, I mean it's once a month. They, they, they said they're going to do an accelerated holiday schedule where we'd have this all-out war plot line every other week, but they fucked that up. Um, in fact, I think they're a month behind on the net, the last one. So, I, like I said, I'm caught up to current, and it's not funny. I don't <laughs> – I hate waiting a month or more to find out what happens next because he he has been leaving everything with a goddamn cliffhanger. Uh, it's killing me. So I know you're not that far. No, I'm not. I, I would have plenty to read to get to that point. So uh, so that's all we got for the spoiler section. Okay, cool. Well, this has been a extra long cast, so I don't think uh, we should have too much more to talk about this season except for, you know, predictions for next season. Uh, yep. We kind of covered we, everything we a little bit on now. that. Man, it's going to be tough because there's so many things that are kind of wrapped up in spoiler issues and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of want to I, – I wish I could make the whole show next week spoiler-friendly, but I know I can't. It pissed too many people off. Um, oh, you mean just drop spoiler bombs all episode? Well, just to talk like – because some of these predictions, I – you know, I'm going to be making predictions knowing the things I know from the Walker Stalker Con, from people emailing, from pictures I've seen online – so how can I make in good faith predictions like, you know, I'm just pulling it out of my ass. I mean, they're at that point, my predictions are spoilers. Yeah, so it's like yeah. I feel like ha- fully half of the cast next week is going to be behind the spoiler wall, which I guess is fine. All right. Well, we'll figure it out when we get there, right? <laughs> yep. yep. Okay. Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll 
see you next week with that maybe possible full spoiler cast. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, that's uh, not going to happen. We will right. not be doing an all spoiler cast. I promise. Good. good. To the spoiler people, I'm making this promise. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks everybody for listening. See you next time. Yep. See ya.